welcome back to the Character Corner with Chris and Deepom. Uh, we are here to continue part two of our Rogue War. Uh, the first one, first part one, was the Batman villain, so it went two and a half hours. Uh, we're doing this one on Sunday because I have a feeling that this one might go uh, a little bit longer, too. We are doing uh, Spider-Man villains. Uh, might go three. We'll see. We'll, 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 we'll try to keep it at two, two and a half, and go from there. Uh, this show is actually being sponsored uh, this show is being sponsored by Susan Berry of the Poole Law Firm, which is located in Silver Spring, Maryland. Susan Berry and Troy Poole are excellent attorneys in the Maryland, D.C. area. They are from the D.C. and Maryland area, so if you're in the DMV, please check them out. The Poole Law Firm handles criminal law, family law, and personal injury. So if you are a victim of a villain, like Spider-Man villains, uh, <laughs> and you need an attorney you want to know more, please head over to their wonderful website, The Pool. That is www.thepoolelawfirm.com. That's Pool with an E, so it's P-O-O-L-E, lawfirm.com. Number 301-585-3014. All right. So, as we talked about when we did the Batman uh, Rogue War, um, you know, the interesting thing about these rogues is just that it's seeing how they're interacting. And when I'm, you know, everybody knows my villain agenda. And we, we joke about it. It's and we, well we established. It's well established. And But here's the thing. The reason why I had this villain agenda is I think just like when we'll talk more about this when we get to the Flash, obviously, but I feel like when you have good villains and great villains, they really do make your hero better, you know? And I think writing compelling vil villains isn't as easy as people think. I mean, obviously you need some guys who are just evil just to be evil, but even then, like there's complexities to that. Right. Right. And, you know, going through some of these, the, the, the books we I, I, I end up reading for some of these Spider-Man villains and, just how things worked. It's just interesting seeing. I mean, sometimes you get guys who guys who are terrible individuals, but then you start feeling for them, you know. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's what makes it so good. I think sometimes what makes Spider Man so interesting is, um, and it's so funny when I was uh I was you know doing a research, putting together we were putting together this list, we put it in order, going through some of these books, and um I followed Dan Slot on on Twitter, and uh, he actually tweeted something. Uh, very interesting uh, this week, and I was like, it, it it fit so well for what we um we're going to be talking about here. And somebody asked him what his favorite Spider-Man villain was, and he says either Mysterio or Doctor Octopus. But he goes, then he says, and in parentheses, he says, but the best Spidey villain is Peter Parker. He's his own worst enemy, and I think that that's what makes Spider-Man such an interesting thing. Is Batman's almost too perfect sometimes. Right, you know, and even when he's even even when he's not, he's Batman. So you can't really show that weakness. Spider Man is such a you know, he's not depressingly flawed like uh, Daredevil. Like he's not a depressing character. But he has a lot of depressing things that happen to him. Right, and you kind of ignore it because he's always cracking jokes. But when you think about it, like we went over the Daredevil thing, we're like, oh man, the depressing life of Matt Murdock. But Spider-Man and his villains, man, you, you kind of overlook it because of his the humor he throws in there. But good God, man, his rogue gallery and him, it's, it's, there's complexities there. And Peter being who he is, and we'll talk more about this when we get to doc, you know, talking about Dr. Octopus, obviously. But, like, yeah, man, it's just, it's a lot there. And I think his and, villains do make him better. And it's interesting because... Unlike the other two team, other two uh, villain groups that we were choosing for this project, this isn't a situation where Marvel reboots continuity. Mm -mm. So, 
And I know you said it's probably going to run long. It is, but it may not also because sometimes, like Marvel does in their films, we're, we're going to be able to talk to the core of these characters. And yeah, we're going to talk about stories, but when we, we're not going to sit here and break down everything that's ever happened to them. Right. Because, especially for Marvel, it's just too complex. Like, I was trying to d- explain the lizard to someone, <laughs> and I was like, well, then, well, then his family dies. Well, then he kills his family. He kills his son. You know, it's, yeah. And then you're like, well, well, then he, he, he becomes a lizard again, but then he gets his, his intelligence back. Mm-hmm. And, like, considers himself locked in a prison. So it's kind of a penance thing. And it's just, the whole thing, it's so hard to, to, to try to capture it all. Mm-hmm. But at the core of the, of the characters, Kurt Connors is easy to understand. Right. Like, I like when I was going through this, I, I started noticing there there are some very good parallels between Spider-Man villains and and um, Batman villains. Like, we'll obviously get to Kurt Connors a little bit later with the Lizard, but I was like, he's like almost like Spider-Man's Harvey Dent, but way almost way more comp, way more complex. Not even almost way more complex and almost way more depressing. You know, because there is a good guy there. There is somebody that Peter Parker believes in, but he's a mentor to Peter, really. Yeah, but he's also a monster. He's also a monster. (laughs) And but it's it it leads to so many compelling stories. Like I even found some compelling ones for Rhino. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is actually really good and also depressing. Good God. Right. You know, it's just there's a level of complexity there that sometimes we kind of avoid. And well, let's just get right into this. Like I remember. And we didn't talk about this list. When I sent you the first list, we didn't talk about this, but you kind of have to mention this character as the beginning. And it's going to be funny when we get to the beginning, the first character we, we talk about and the last character we talked about, it all kind of comes back to closing the loop on family in, in a way. Uh, the first villain we're talking about is technically J. Jonah Jameson. And it's interesting because even J. Jonah Jameson, who by and large starts as a caricature, Mm-hmm. Becomes like a real fleshed out character. Yeah, he he's the he's the. Let's. Well, I mean, I guess the editor in chief of the Daily Bugle is the best way to start him off. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very adamant that Spider Man's a menace, and it's it, it adds to the dichotomy of, of Peter Parker working for a man, taking pictures of himself, mm-hmm. but allowing himself to portray a negative light to keep the lights on. Right. Um, he, it, it's one of the things where it's it's. I thought it was a nod by Stan and Jack to kind of do a, the newspaper. While Spider-Man is still fighting a good fight, he still has to fight the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it's something so real and so, like, the pen is mightier than the sword type thing. It's it's very interesting how public perception plays such a huge role in Spider-Man. And it's consistent. Where, like, the world's evolved in this image-obsessed place now today in 2016. Right. And, and, and it's consistent. Like, you read... Early Spider-Man, you get J. Jonah just being an asshole. You read new Spider-Man, he's still being an asshole. Even if but in between, they explain the why. Right, and that's the thing, and that's what makes it so good. I mean, it's it it really all starts and stops with him because like his campaign to discredit the Spider Menace, as he calls him, <laughs> you know, it it makes it literally makes Spider-Man's job harder. Like Spider-Man will come, Spider-Man will literally come in and save Jonah's ass. Say J. Jonah's ass, JJ's ass, and Jonah will go like, get off of me. Why are you why are you here? You're a menace. Take off the like I wanna say I can't remember exactly when if it was Craven's last hunt or one there's one time where um Spider Man's being framed for something. And J. Jonah like the level that J. Jonah will go to even discredit 
his own in, in, integrity. He literally tells Spider-Man, it's like, hey, well, if you take off the mask, I'll exonerate you. Like, like no shame. No, hey, we got to do this for the integrity of it. We have to. No, he's like, literally, he literally tells him, if you take off your mask, I will, I will, I, I will, I will start. I will make sure that you are treated well by the newspaper. Doesn't even hide it. You yeah. know, no subterfuge, no nothing. Just literally comes out and says that shit. And you're just like, and, and, and I was at that point, I was like, yo, yeah, he's got to be a bad guy. You don't think of him as a bad guy, as a villain, but oh no, he's a, he's a villain. He's the first villain because after Spider-Man stops the burglar mm-hmm. in Amazing Fantasy 15, that's when that's when Jameson gets him blacklisted from because you remember that he was originally a wrestler, like he was doing mm-hmm. stuff to make money. Right. He stops the burglar at the one who killed Uncle Ben later, and J. Jonah Jameson says this man should not be taking this power into his own hands. He's an entertainer, and got him blacklisted from entertainment. Mm-hmm. So people say, oh, how come he never? They, they, there's tons of merchandise in Spider-Man, even in the universe. There's Spider-Man merchandise. How come he's never cashed in? He's been blacklisted by entertainment from his very first appearance because of J. Jonah Jameson. Yep. And and it's one of the, again, it, it gives you that different, even with, you know, we're talking about these rogues and we're going to compare the heroes. You know, you get some people pushing back against Batman and, and the power he has, but it's kind of one of those secrets where everybody's just kind of like, ah, fuck it, right? No, it was Because Spider-Man. at the end of the day, if Jim Gordon's on your side, what... right. You know, like even, even when he's not supposed to be, it's like, yeah, we're just not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to address that. You know, like I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even before he was commissioner, people were like, yeah, Captain, uh, Captain Gordon, you know, go after the Batman minimum. He's like, I'll get right on that chief. You know, it's just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. Spider-Man on the other hand, no. And then, then you get Jay Jonah becoming the mayor. So then he gives him, he gives him even more power. You know, and it's just you start realizing that, like, yeah, dude, you're 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 a villain. You know, he actually even le- and we'll get into this later, but he leads into you know Scorpion, another villain. You know, and it's just, yeah, man. Um, you he leads, he leads to a lot of villains. It, it, yeah, the Spider Slayers. Mm-hmm. And 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 just to tell you how far and how long reaching these characters are, he and Peter Parker are now technically step brothers. Yeah. <laughs> his fa- his his uh, strange father marries Aunt May. So again, starts starts his family. Yeah, <laughs> starts with family. And and to be honest, he's still an, he's an asshole to Peter. Yeah. Oh, even now that Peter's successful and he's basically Tony Stark light, still an asshole. Mm-hmm. Still an asshole to Peter. So it's like this is this is one of those characters that hits Peter, uh, that hits that hits Spider Man as Spider Man and as Peter Parker. You know, like he, he, he degrades and doesn't want to pay Peter what he should be paid. <laughs> and, but then he also, uh, wants Peter to, uh, help him discredit Spider-Man, not knowing that that means Peter has to discredit himself. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I don't know how you get past, he, he's got to, got to, got to make him a villain. He's, he's got to be, uh, I remember seeing somewhere, I think, like you said, one of the things they said they explained is that. His his real problem with Spider Man is the mask. Yeah, and it, and it goes back to him and his and uh, I think it was his 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 stepfather or his his estranged father and things like that. But that's really what it is. Like he doesn't have a problem with Avengers. He doesn't have a problem with you know Captain America. He has right. a problem with Spider Man. He has a problem with what he sees as unchecked power, which is weird because even when Spider Man becomes an Avenger. Doesn't make it doesn't. It doesn't. just widens Jonah's gap. It's like I'm attacking the Avengers now. Yeah, 
you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's very interesting. Then, you know, uh, it, it, yeah, so. Um, I'm going to do this on a couple of characters you today. The ultimate version of the character. In Ultimate Spider-Man, J.J. Jameson plays a lot of the same same plays, but he's a lot. There's a lot more of a focus on his new his new Spider-Man background. So he's integral early on in helping bring down the Kingpin. Um, he uh, his his Spider-Man stance is just as anti-Spider-Man and just as well explained. But there, there's a situation where he finds out that Peter's Spider-Man, and he doesn't tell anyone. He tells Peter that he's an amazing kid for doing what he can do. That he, he lashed out because the, the mask scared him. And that now that he knows, there's anything I can do to make your life easier, less hours, more flexible hours, more money, you let me know. And then at the end of it, he says, I'm paying for your college. That's all it is to it. Mm-hmm. And then when Spider-Man dies and is unmasked publicly, he, of course, does the J. Jonah Jameson, a little bit of a self-congratulatory, I didn't tell anyone thing. But he writes this amazing op-ed that runs, obviously, throughout the comic, kind of frames the comic. And it's it's about how we how Spider-Man was too good for the world. And I thought that was interesting that Bendis took the opportunity of Ultimate Spider-Man of the new continuity to, to kind of really flesh out J. Jonah. But it's like you said, the more you learn about J. Jonah, the more you want to care. But then he just does it becomes a dick again. You're like, I, you're just an you're just an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like in the Ultimate series, which benefited from not being a 70-year-old comic book that like, I mean, it's a superhero comic book that you can't really change the major properties of. It had the benefit of finite storytelling, and that's something I think really paid off in his character arc. Right, right. Um, a little bit, we'll go through some of the... Uh, I, you had the list here. Um, well, just because I wanted to acknowledge that while Spider-Man's an Avenger now, and while he is in the forefront of these cosmic events, there... There's a very long period where he fought the Magia, which was, by the way, the Mafia, but they couldn't say mm-hmm. Mafia because Marvel's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had the Magia, they had, uh, like, Silvermane and, like, Hammerhead. There are all these low-level, like, mob. It's almost bat- his Batman year run phase. Yeah. Where he's fighting the mob. Yeah. Except the mob becomes intertwined with the superheroics a bit in a different way in the, in the, uh, in Spider-Man, right. but I just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge that yes, like there's a very large mob element, especially early on, yeah, and either unpowered or lower-powered characters. Yeah, I mean that that's the inter- that's the thing I think that again, there's there's some good differences and some stark differences between the way because like you said, both Batman and, and, and Spider-Man deal with these street-level, if you will villains and the mob and stuff like that. The difference kind of is with Batman, there's his street level mob. They, they really don't embrace the super villains. Whereas Spider-Man, you start getting things like, I don't know the new ones, like, like Mr. Negative, you get tombstone, you get, you get a bunch of these characters start crossing over. You get, um, you get, um, Dr. Octopus as the big man. Right. Right. You get, uh, and we'll, later on we'll, we'll deal with this. But you get Kingpin. You get like you you get this bleeding over that I don't think you get as much with Batman. With that, I mean, yeah, you get the Penguin obviously and and uh, uh, Two Face, but for the most part, when it's a mob, it's just a mob. But I remember, was it oh, was it the Gauntlet that I was reading where they basically have you know the the mafia fighting. Amongst themselves with against Mister Negative, and he you really find Peter in the middle of a, a super powered mob war, <laughs> you know, and he's having to deal with this, and on top of that, 
deal with his the, the other the other villains as well. So, um, but like you said, yeah, we we have we have those there. So it's like yeah, Kangaroo and Mister Hyde, Hammerhead. I guess we include Tombstone in here as well. Oh, definitely Tombstone. Um, uh, was, I thought it was like you said, bridge that gap because mm-hmm. he was the, the crime boss who happened to also have superpowers. Right. And uh, interesting thing about him is he you see him now in the Miles series with him in Black Cat. Right. So uh, that's great. Uh, so let's go on, go back to some of our more traditional uh, villains we have here. The next one on here, I think, is a good one to have after Jay Jonah, just because of the relationship there. Um, and in a way, he actually is more of a Jay Jonah villain, and Spider Man kind of just is there to stop him. Uh, Scorpion, uh, Matt Gargan. First appearance in Spider-Man 25. Yeah. Uh, started off as a private investigator. Hired by J. Jonah. And um, things did not go well. He was trying to figure out how Peter kept getting the pictures of Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Peter being Peter, could use Spider-Sense to avoid him. So nothing ever came of that. So then he offers him 10 grand, which, God, 10 grand, to be the subject of an experiment to... Give him a characteristic of something that's a natural hunter of a spider. Right. Scorpion. Well, so the idea of Scorpion originally, and was it issue 25, he said? Yeah, they made him Spider-Man 25. He was Spider-Man, but like extra Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He, could, he was a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, could jump higher. And he had a tail, but he was dumb. Mm-hmm. And for all the physical advantages, he always got his head kicked in by Spider-Man. But... Like you said, he became a Jonah J. Jonah Jameson villain. Like there, I was reading, uh, you know that that the the was it was like it was either issue seven hundred or six ninety nine when you know uh, when we'll definitely get into this more if you, you don't know about this. You know, Peter's in is in Octavius's body, and he's kind of hired uh, Scorpion and them to try to help him. And Scorpion realizes that uh, J. Jonah is is off is um squirreled away somewhere. He basically like, yeah, fuck this. I'm going after this guy. You know, like, that's the thing about Scorpion. If he finds out that J. Jonah's anywhere around here, his mission is instantly done. And that is his new mission now, is to go fuck with J. Jonah. <laughs> and it's like consistently happens. Like, there's another issue I read where he did that. He was hired by somebody to um, kidnap. Uh, um, he was hired to kidnap a, a general. And he kidnaps him. He's to bring him back. And then he realizes, wait a minute. I can get Jay Jonah. I can. That's what I can do. I'll kidnap this guy and ask him to, to replace him with Jay Jonah, and that'll work. Is he completely forgets his mission? Is this fuck? I'm gonna do that. Um, but like you said, I think that's the, the thing that's that, that's that will also go throughout the rest of these villains. He's stupid. He's so stupid. <laughs> and it, it it's a it's a thing that highlights Peter's intelligence. Because yeah. for the longest time, he's not like now. It's a little bit different because they kind of made him Tony Stark light, where he's actually working. And towards the later runs of uh, the main Spider-Man, he's you know working for a tech company. He's actually inventing and doing things. But early on, you know, Peter's nothing more than a freelance photographer. So by allowing him to face off against these villains who are these extra powers. You can show that the way that he's he wins is his intelligence. 
Because a lot of times he's actually overpowered. And he's outmatched. So the only way he can he can beat them is this way. And uh, I think one of the, the things, I think, I can't remember. Yeah, he does it one time. And then when um, Doc Ock is, is at Spider-Man, he just knocks his jaw completely off. Yeah. He always asks, he's like, why do you have this suit of power, this, this armored suit, but you leave your jaw exposed? It's like, it's the dumbest design ever. What were you thinking? <laughs> you know, and it's just, yeah. You know, he has a full body battle suit, but leaves his jaw exposed. But he's basically trapped in because of Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he obviously he has the, the tail with the projectile weapons, usually an electrical generator. Or he has a spike on the tip, acid. Um, he's gotten several um, updates to the suit. Right. Uh, throughout the time, um, and I, and he has his own because he does have his own powers without the suit. So he does have superhuman strength, speed, agility, reflexes because of um, the mutagenic uh, experiment he went through. Uh, he just can't. He's not very smart. It's also important to note that this, he was the first like anti Spider-Man that we're going to run into. We're going to run into a couple of them, right? And he may, meets up with the penultimate anti Spider-Man in Venom. When Matt Garvin gets the Venom symbiote. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it more later, but um, it's so much, it's so funny because even Peter's like, you're so much more powerful, but you're still so very, very dumb. Right. <laughs> right. This is not going to be a challenge. Like, you're just making it inconvenient. Right, right. So, and he was right. Every time, even with the Venom symbiote, he, <laughs> he got his head kicked. I mean, he got his ass kicked mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And again, it just shows you that, you know, for all the the the, the witty, you know, the witty the witty comments and things like that, Peter's able to use his intelligence a lot of times to get out of these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep that in mind. When we go to Rhino uh, later on. Um, mm-hmm. Next one we have on the list. Uh, we talked. We mentioned it before. We have Doctor Kirk Connors Lizard, and. Again, this is just a it's just a depressing He's <laughs> just depressing. That's all it is. Depressing story. Um for this one I've read um Amazing Spider Man six thirty the six thirty three. So this is the gauntlet run that they do. It's yeah. like a year long run, which is if you want to read and get in on some 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 of these villains we're gonna talk about, reading the gauntlet, which I wanna say starts at I think it starts at six twelve and it goes all the way to like six thirty four, something like that. Maybe it's up to 633. 633 might be the one. And then Grim Hunt starts after that. Um, that's a good run because it's just, it's a year-long event. And they, they for like one to, to up to three issues, they'll focus on certain villains, each one. And it's basically Peter running running the gauntlet of some of his rogue gallery. And in a way, it's almost, it reminds me a little bit of Nightfall in that it's uh, the grand scheme of some other villains to basically wear down Spider-Man. Just like with with Nightfall, it was Bane trying to wear down Batman. Um, I think it might be done a little bit better <laughs> in a way. Well, and, it's done better here, I think, because it wasn't in the introduction of a brand new villain. Right. If, if, if your villain has to weaken you before his first appearance, mm-hmm. it kind of it makes you feel a little some, some kind of way. Right. This was the final plan of a, a long-standing villain that we'll talk right. about later. Right, and uh, it was a great plan, and. 
So read read the gauntlet, and like I'm gonna keep bringing bringing these issues up. So when I mention gauntlet, I also put the the issue numbers just because, like I said, there were some really good stories and, and just really humanized some of these characters. And the one with um with with, with Kurt Connors and Lizard is Shed is the the little uh the storyline there, and it's basically Connors finally losing losing to the Lizard, and um, it is. It is sad. Very, very sad. He ends up killing his own son. Billy. Yeah. And um, it's the lizard finally takes over and that is like the final straw. And it's it's very animalistic. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm um, uh, yeah, the lizard is basically like, yeah, you have to eat your own young. You have to you have to do that. And at one point, Kurt, Connor's even saying something about how um talking to one of his assistants he's like yeah you know the lizard doesn't like you he's just here because because they're, they're, he's actually working on on other lizards he's like she's like she makes some comment about how oh yeah no he really likes me he's like no he doesn't like you he just wants you for your warmth that's it like that's lizards can't love and that's he keeps telling himself this because he's he's trying to get his son back he's doing all this stuff right and he loses it and um it is just sad even the way it goes, like all the, I want to say all the gauntlet issues with the villains, most of them end up very, very sad for the villain. Very sad. And, um, I mean, there are other, I know there are other, you'll probably mention some, some other, other ones, but I read that one because it just, it just stood out to me and I'm just like, God damn. And then there's later on, I think we talk about this in, um, you know, in the whole, uh, run up to issue 700 where, Connors admits as uh, Peter's trapped in Dr. Octopus's body and Connors the lizard uh, admits that he finally has control again right. but that he's basically punishing himself like he's like yeah the treatments are working I'm back you know Connors I'm back in control but he's literally living in the shell of the lizard to punish himself yeah and like I said it, it reminds you so much of the depressing fall of Harvey Dent Except it's way more heart wrenching. Yeah, because it's 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 if Harvey didn't figure out how wrong he or lost himself to Two Face, mm-hmm. but then came back, right? Or constantly coming back and constantly right. trying to keep it at bay. Mm-hmm. You know, well, actually, in a way, that does happen with um, what was it? Was it uh, there was some some issue where where Harvey comes back? Uh, was it The Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, yeah. So there's that, and you're just like, oh damn, Harvey, you didn't. There's nothing wrong with your face. You're, you're just a crazy person. Yeah, you're just a crazy person. Here, Connors isn't crazy. He's literally, you know, stuck with this end himself because he just. He, it all started with him trying to, you know. He's a scientist. He's, he's like you said. He's he's also Peter's mentor. Which is another thing that's going to play off a lot in this in this uh, this podcast because. The father figures that Peter hunts for and finds don't always it, it very rarely pan out for him, mm-hmm. and this is another case of that. And uh, yeah, he uh, Kirk Connors actually has a really integral role in the uh, symbiote saga in Ultimate Spider-Man. The the lizard happens early on, and then they kind of get away from it. it. It's not a plaguing thing, but Kirk Connors evolves into a pretty good supporting character. Mm-hmm. He actually has a really big part in the Clone Saga too. Right. Um. I can just also just want to remind people, especially if you're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
Uh, testing a serum on yourself is never a good idea. Like, I don't get it. No one ever. <laughs> it, it never ends well for you. Look, best case scenario, your plan worked. <laughs> but then it, now that you have like a God complex. Right. <laughs> That's the best. And that, and that best scenario never happens. Never happens. Never happens. And if it happens, it's horrific like uh, Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it drives you insane. Right. So. Yeah, let's let's not let's let's not let's not touch that and let's not do that. Um but yeah, I the thing that gets me about um shed was just how brutal it was. Like they like he literally eats people. <laughs> yeah. And it is it is a brutal thing. And again, in a way you can kind of, you know, you you can see where Marvel and DC borrow and take care from each other. So in a way, up front, you might be like, oh, well, it's just like Killer Croc. Well, no, because this guy you actually feel for. Yeah. You know? Killer Croc's just a monster. Mm-hmm. This yeah. guy is such a conflicted character. Yeah. And and you know that when Spider-Man deals with him, he's always trying to connect to Connors. Like, in, in that, in, that uh, in, in those issues, and when he comes across him, he's like, he tries to... He's literally there's a scene where he's literally in front of the the foster house, foster parents house, uh, trying to keep Connor from going in there and getting Billy, right? And he's and he, well, the literally from getting Billy, and he's like, Connor, come on, I know you can hear me, I know you can do it, right? And I'm I'm reading this stuff and I'm thinking to myself, okay, even when he confronts Billy, uh, the literally confronts Billy, I'm like, all right, Connor will stop him. It's not going to happen. He's not going to kill this <laughs> kid because that's how it was for so many years. It was. Yeah. We're gonna flirt with it, but we're never gonna do it because you don't do that in comics. Yeah, we're not. He's not. He's not gonna kill his own son. He can't do that. And even they don't like. They kind of hint at him like, "Oh no, okay, maybe the kid's still alive." No, 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 no. The next issue, they're like, "Oh no, no, he's dead. Like, yeah, he's dead. He did it." And yeah, man, that um, that 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 was a lot, yo. <laughs> that it really was. I'm not gonna shot. I, I was very like. I said I think the gaunt- the gauntlet was just done really really well, and it's if you want to get just get where that's at and then read um like I said the issue where Connors is literally talking he doesn't know that Peter's in the bodies but he's talking to um as as Lizard he's talking he's in a cell next to the you know the dying body of Hydra Octopus and he kind of reaches out and talks to him he literally tells me he's like yeah you're gonna die soon so I feel like I can tell some I want to felt tell somebody. He's like, yeah, I'm right. back. You know, I'm 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 here. You know, for the longest time they don't believe me, but I'm here. And even when he's leaving, like Peter, as uh, thinks about trying to break Lizard out and thinking that he can help him, because he's like, hey, if Connors is in control, this will be the one guy who I can might trust. Help. I can trust and help him. But then Connors just hisses at him. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't let anybody else know? Because he's just like, this is his punishment. Right. And um, yeah, man, it's just that that got me, man. I'm reading that shit like. Damn, that's uh okay. You guys are some assholes. It's messed right? up, it's, man. It's messed up. So Dan Slot's messed up. Yeah, uh, Dan Slot is um, yeah, an asshole when it comes to Peter. Like, it, yeah, but but it's great stuff to read. Oh, it's 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 great for us. Yeah, great for us. Great for us. Um, next character we have on here, Shocker. Uh, okay, so the Shocker was my placeholder for all because this is kind of a line here. Mm-hmm. It's all the workaday supervillains. It's all the ones who never really had, you know, fantasies about taking over the world or, or, or killing the Spider-Man with guys who just want to do a job. There's a great series by Nick Spencer, who's currently writing Captain America, 
Superior Foes of Spider-Man. It's like the loser six. Shocker's in there. <laughs> Boomerang. There's a new Beetle. Like, it's just all these characters are like, we just wanted... This just happens to be the way we earn our money. Mm-hmm. We're not like maniacal laughing supervillains who want to go play King of the Mountain. Right. I want to make some money, keep the lights on. Maybe buy ourselves something nice. And like the Shocker, like the the powers he has, the suit he wears, it's all very cool. It's all very, but he's just a, an inventive guy who's like, I can build this and I can rob people. Right. And you can tell he doesn't take it that seriously because he wears a fucking quilt. The quilt <laughs> keeps him from dying from using his powers, but it's still a quilt. Right. <laughs> Oh, I didn't really think about that, but yeah, you're right. It is like you know, like he and like these other characters will appear in like larger villain groups sometimes, mm-hmm. but most of the time they're just like, oh, those guys are a joke. Like, fine, we'll be a joke. Just leave us alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean his his main thing is to come out there and um, rob people and steal things. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he and he doesn't have. Um, any actual powers himself, it comes to a suit. Mm-hmm. So he's not like some super human. You call him a super villain, but it kind of reminds me of, I think it was uh, later on in the main Spider-Man run, uh, Spider-Man ended up, like, yeah, I think it's like 698 or something like that. He ends up punching out, I think this is when actually Ock is as Spider-Man. He punched out this, punches out this guy who's trying to rob this store and then realizes that it's just a faker. It's some guy with two water cannons as guns and things like that. And that's kind of what Shocker is, but actually serious. Like, he actually has things that actually work. Like, he's, you know, he's, a, he's an actual engineer. He built this this device. He's called, they call them, what is it, Vibroshock gauntlets? Yeah. It's the like Vibro Smashers. Concentrated air. Like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's science-based. It's it's another reason why I love the Spider-Man villains, because a lot of them are science-based. Yeah. Which, and it just happens that he just wants to rob people. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting fact you brought up. I mean... Obviously, we have our idiots, you know, the scorpions, the rhinos, and things like that. But you also get a bunch of people who actually are very, very intelligent, very, very smart. And that adds a lot of complexity to these characters because then you get people who can then try to match which with Peter Parker. But then it also shows you how smart Peter Parker is. Right. Right. And by making them scientists, it doesn't seem too weird. Like, sometimes you get weird with Batman villains in that, okay, cool, but... So now Joker can fight, and or now all of a sudden, like you know, Penguin and 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 uh, and Two Face are super smart and can figure out everything. Like it, it becomes oh, like, so now Bane's a chemist. Yeah, you know he's like they can. They're a jack of all trades. Here, you know, you have villains that you know, like you said, they start off being builders. They might not be in, in super smart, but maybe they are really good at inventing things or. They're very good at a certain element of um, a certain part of science or, you know, you get later on, we get into the uh, um, Craven. You get somebody who's just one is a crazy person, but (laughs) you you also get somebody who's just um, who has an understanding of uh, hunting and certain things like with the Spider-Man villains. If they're good at something, they're very, very good at it. You know, shit, you even get to Rhino, he's good at running through walls. Very, very good at it. And that is what he's really good at, you know? So, you get somebody like Shocker, and like you said, it's just one thing. Hey, listen, man, like, you get this of some of these villains, like, listen, I just want to rob people. Can I, just want to rob people. That's, just, That's why, it. Why are you, why are you, why, why are you, why are you always in my business, Spider-Man? 
trying to rob people. How about you leave me alone? Right. So, real name, Herman Schultz. Uh, first appearance is The Amazing Spider-Man 46. Funny thing about the first uh, the the Amazing Spider Man you first started like they had like a different villain every every week <laughs> every 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 issue. There's so a lot of these villains just came from there and uh, yo Lee and Ditko a lot of hits man yeah not many misses no no I mean when you go through the list uh, like you can go to Wikipedia and see the list of um, Spider Man villains and what they do is they list them out by their appearance in the Amazing Spider Man and it literally starts at number one and just keeps going through the list. Let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, Cause it's it's you know again we're going to cover most of these, but you see it you go by their their um their list so uh, just from issue one again one almost every issue so you get the chameleon you get vulture tinkerer doctor octopus sandman lizard living brain electro big man uh, mysterio green goblin that's in the first fourteen issues right there oh craven the hunter in fifteen that's scorpion crazy. twenty so uh, up the first twenty issues you get. Mostly all the big names right there. That's, and they're still going on. I mean, this is 1964. That's, 63 and 64. That's pretty fucking good. That's an amazing creative output for 15 straight issues. Right. Of new characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was going through, like I said, I we put a list, we don't name, we don't go through all these names, but if you want to, just put in list of Spider-Man villains and go to that Wikipedia page and look at how they, look at, look at the, look at how they do it. I mean, that early that early run of how they do this, you know, Rhino comes in in issue number forty one, Shockers in issue forty six, Kingpin in fifty in issue fifty, Silvermane is in uh, seventy three. I mean, this is that like you said, this is amazing run creatively. Because how many times have you, did you think that they would create something and just drop it? But here you have villains that to this day we're still talking about and are a huge part of the mythos. So. Kudos. <laughs> right? That's a hell of a batting average. Yeah, very hell of a batting average. And, and guess what? These characters are largely, un, not, not unchanged, but they nailed the concept the first time. Mm-hmm. Go read those early Joker stories. That's not the same character. No. No. And what's interesting, about, like, I'm glad you brought that up because, so we're getting to the next character is Electro on the list. And what I love about this, again, I read the gauntlet issues for them. It starts off with this. And um, it... It's a it's a progression of the character, right? You know, he Max Dillon is basically a loser at the beginning of the Gauntlet. He's a fucking loser. <laughs> he's he he can't control his powers as much. He's uh he's um in a diner. It starts with him in a diner, and um he just wants to eat. He just wants to sit there and just you know mind his own business. And the waitress touches him or does something. He ends up shocking her by accident. Then everyone in the and the diner wants to attack him, and he's just like, "God damn it, man! <laughs> you know, I don't want to have to deal with this. Just wanted a bite to eat. I just wanted to get a bite to eat. I just want to do this." And he ends up becoming like a man of the people, and he runs runs this whole thing of, "We're gonna take down the fat cats," and because uh, uh, what is it? The um, one of the newspapers is getting a bailout, and so he's just like, "We're gonna take it to them," and it's just, um, and the people actually start supporting him. And they actually attack Spider-Man at one point because which is it, hilarious. It's just it's, it is hilarious and it's interesting. And then and then he gets a boost of his powers because you know Spider-Man's just like, come on, man, we've done this before, Electro. You know, I have webbing. You can't my webbing. You 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 can't 
you know, my webbing conducts your, you can't, he doesn't conduct your, your electricity. We can do this. And then, uh, we find out that, uh, Electro's actually gotten a boost of his powers. Right. And becomes a little bit more dangerous. Um, and that, that whole thing, again, it's just why I like reading the gauntlet. It's just, you, you actually, I actually read and start feeling, I'm like, damn, I kind of feel for Max Dillon. You have to. Because they just keep evolving these characters, pushing them forward. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I, I just, I, I, I've never met an electric story that really like, I was like, oh, that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Ever. The, he's the inciting incident in New Avengers. When they put that team together. Mm, yeah. He, he's the one who, like, the raft is busted open. Electro busted it open. Mm-hmm. He's the quintessential guy for hire, but like you said, like, he's, he, I, I kept him away from the, the shocker level guys. Because power lies, he's just a step above. Right. Because when he when 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 focused and when powered up properly, when written properly, he's a real threat to Spider Man. Yeah, he's he's scary. Yeah, I think. Um, and not to go too far back to Shocker, but his his ultimate version is kind of like a running joke through most of Benz's run. If like at one point, uh, Spider Man says, "You're gonna attack me with your back massagers, and I'm gonna lock you up." <laughs> like this is ridiculous. They did. A lot. I think it was something like Bendis did. Like every 14 issues, he'd fight. A shocker in like a two page spread, <laughs> and eventually Shocker gets to drop on him and unmask him. He's like, "I've been getting beat up for the last three years by a kid," right. and he's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry." And and of course, Spider Man experiment has to keep antagonizing him, but he's like, "You know that you're a genius, right? You built these things," and he explains. And it's it's one of the things that I love about Ultimate Spider Man is that part of it was watching Spider-Man's naivete of being a teenager slamming against the real world. He's like, I make these for a company. I don't get paid, kid. It's just part of my job. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't understand the real world works. And it was interesting to see the shocker in that place, but still regarded, even in-universe, out, outside of that one interaction, as a joke by everyone else involved. Right. Electra, however, in the Ultimate Universe, is um, Kingman's right-hand man, and he, uh, he kicks Spider-Man's ass a fair amount of times. Yeah. But even like even in our universe, even in the ultimate universe, he eventually gets a beat on Electro. And uh, my favorite thing in the world, there was an ultimate six at one point when they uh, do kind of a sinister six in the ultimate universe. Spider Man is fighting him, and he goes, "Wait, who are you?" And then he's powered and goes, "Far out, it's Naked Electric guy." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just I think I think that he's. All right, here's 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 a hot question: How do you feel about the original green and yellow? Electro costume. Oh man! Like I like the headpiece yes. because I, I like the headpiece, but the, the green is—I don't know, man. I like it. See, I'm the one of the few people probably in America who actually likes this costume. It's so unique. Well, you know what they bring it, it makes they, no green and yellow make no sense. No. Well, you know what it is they they bring it back in Grim Hunt, and I actually like because for for the beginning of of the Gauntlet, he's not in that. He's not in that. He comes back in um, Grim Hunt, and he is in the suit, and I actually kind of liked it. I liked him. I liked him in that one. Hmm. So, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I like. I get people. I don't know, man. I'm. I. I, I kind of do like it. You know, it's not. It's. It's over the top. It's ridiculous. But you're fighting. You're fighting a guy in a spider costume with webs under his arms. Also, that too. So, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, man, no, no, but he is definitely, uh, like I said, you know, in 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 the gauntlet, 
he can get pet because spider-man spider-man what i like about it is spider-man is treating him just like you said like oh come on we're doing this again come on man we've we've done we've we've done this dance before and max is like no we haven't not this time i have more power and i'm different he's able to transfer he's able he uh, he basically shocks spider-man like by traveling through the webs that he he um he fired at at electro with spider-man's like wait you couldn't do that before you know, and that's thanks to the Tinkerer, I believe. Yep. And um, yeah, just gave him an extra boost, and that is makes him scary. Makes him, makes scary. him very scary and very capable. And he's one of those characters that, when the writers need to elevate him and make him a real threat, it's easy to do because there's precedent. Yeah. But when they need to power him down and be a kind of a, you know, a guy in a green suit with lightning suspenders, then that's what he is too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so the next one on the list. Is Kingpin, who's uh, he's really more of a daredevil villain now. Um, it, it appeared in uh, The Amazing Spider Man number 50, uh, Wilson Fisk. And I don't know, like, again, you see him, you definitely see him because it's all in New York. You see him in Spider Man. To me, I my most memorable things about Kingpin in Spider Man are from the cartoon, to tell you the truth. Yeah, no, Kingpin is definitely a Daredevil villain, but I wanted to include him on the list because you it's important to. to note this is where he came from. Yeah, yeah, you have to include him on the list because, um, like I said, this is this is a parent, and he's he's definitely more of a Daredevil. But I think that in the cartoon, they made him more of they they kind of elevated him more. In yeah, the- no, because because what the cartoon did, and to an extent, what the Ultimate Comics did, they took a lot of the. Um, like early Ditko Lee stuff. Like you said, he was introduced in 50. That was part of the time, the same storyline that introduced the, the Magia, the, 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 the non-Mafia on Marvel Universe, and that he had control over all the crime that was not part of, affiliated with that group. Right. So the gang wars that, that we talk about started because of the Kingpin. He's also a great, he's the first antagonist in the Ultimate Comics, and he and Spider-Man just have a constant back and forth going on to the point where Spider-Man had, I guess, cost him a bunch of money, and so he swings in a restaurant where Kingpin's eating, and they start talking and eating together. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, Spider-Man's hitting with the fat jokes and stuff, <laughs> and he says, um, and at the end of the conversation, he says, young man, have you webbed my feet to the floor? And he says, I have. <laughs> he says, why is this, is this amusing to you? He says, you know what, Kingpin? You know what, Fisk? You don't get me, and I'll never get you. And he jumps out the window. <laughs> but he's like, "Young man, while we were talking, did you wet my feet to this floor?" Yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah. What's interesting with the kingpin and they, they do him in, in the original. Um, I love it because the I can't remember who he's talking to. Assumes that he's just a fat guy. He likes uh, you've mistaken this this for fat. It's really muscle. He's literally yeah. beating the fuck out of people. Kingpin beating the shit out of you is terrible. Like the first time they do it in the in the ultimate books is like like you said, like Peter has the same idea, like, come on, fat man, fat and he hits him and goes, Oh no. Yeah, right. Oh wait, you're this not. This is a huge problem. Yeah, you're not fat. You're just you're you're line you're NFL lineman yeah, fat. You play guard for the Saints. Right. That's what's happening here. Right. And um Yeah, and he becomes again, you have him. Uh, appearing in in in, in different uh, roles in Spider-Man comics, but like you said, at this point become even though he's been introduced as this character, he's become more of a Daredevil villain. And again, that's why you see the rights when the rights went to um, Marvel for Daredevil, Kingpin went with them, 
and didn't stay with didn't didn't go with uh, Sony uh, for Spider Man, and that's why he even though he appeared in here, like you said, but you still have to include him in here because again, it's all in. Like, there's one point somebody's doing something. I can't remember what what issue. I've read so many Spider Man books over the last two weeks, <laughs> um, but somebody was they're going to do something and. Uh, they're like, okay, yeah, we only got to worry about two things. Oh, no, it actually is when Peter's in Dr. Octopus. He's leading the team of villains to break in to the uh, police department to 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 steal something for, of uh, to one of uh, Dr. Octopus's Octobots. And he goes, he tells all the villains, like, don't kill any, don't kill any of the cops. One, because he's he's actually Peter Parker. Don't, doesn't want dead cops in his hand. But he's like, listen, if we, if we just do this now, we only got to deal with either Spider-Man or Daredevil. The Avengers won't come in because they'll leave it to them. So if you don't kill anybody, it won't get elevated to the heavy hitters. So so that's what you have. You have, you know, when it's New York, you, you're going to get a crossover between Daredevil and, and Spider-Man because that's just, that's their home. That's their home. That's what they that's what they do. So, um, so uh, I want to say, let me see what we have left on here. We guess we don't get, don't get me wrong. We have a lot left on here. Yeah. Um, outside the ladies, well, there's a couple of them here that aren't aren't fucking batshit insane. But this next guy, I didn't realize it until I read uh some of the stuff. It's just been such a long time. Uh, Craven is batshit insane. Yo, Craven's nothing to fuck with. Craven Sergey Cravenoff is um. Yeah, and by the way, just because right now, Craven two, all you knockoff Cravens, you don't count. Oh no 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 no! There's one Craven. There's one Craven. The Craven that that again, the the Craven story that everybody reads is Craven's Last Hunt. And listen, all right. <laughs> we're telling you that Craven is crazy, and we're telling you this because if you read Craven's Last Hunt, it leaves no doubt in your mind. That he's out of his mind. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Craven decides that um, the only way that he can beat Spider-Man, and it's it's it's, it's honestly it's interesting because it's it. I would, I would love to talk to Dan Slott about this, but it seems like this is like like an early lead into superior Spider-Man and what, what Dr. Octopus does. Mm, I see what you're saying. And he, 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 he finds that the way to, to the only way he can beat Spider-Man and, and be, is to actually become Spider-Man and be better as Spider-Man than Spider-Man is. And the crazy thing is he does it. And, but the, the really crazy part is he does it and then he decides all right, I'm done. I'm I'm happy now. I can kill myself and die happy because I know I've beat the spider by becoming better than the Spider Man. And Craven's last hunt is just holy shit, man! Like I know I've read it before, but good <laughs> if God. you haven't read it in a while, it will catch you off guard. Good God, man! You know. I have found I have found not in the cities but in the uh, I have found dignity not in the cities but in the jungles. I have found honor in the in, in civilized but in, not in the civilized but in the primal. I have found mortality. I have found meaning in the hunt. But I cannot escape time forever. Herbs and roots and potions cannot rejuvenate the dying spirit or heal a heart crushed by the weight of corrupt age. I will die soon. I must die soon, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> 
This dude is out of his fucking mind. Yep. He 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 uh, ends up capturing Spider Man and and drugging him and burying him alive. And then he takes over as Spider Man, and goes and hunts down Vermin. I think that's was that the name of yeah, it's Vermin. Vermin and captures him and defeats him. And then that that's just what he is. The spider lies in the grave, hundreds of miles from here, down in the darkness, blasted into oblivion by my hand. My greatest enemy, my greatest torment, tormentor, that black, hideous, beautiful beast, because that's when Spider-Man had the black costume on, so it's not being racist, by my hand. But it's not enough to simply destroy him. I must become him. I must prove myself superior to him and laugh in the face of his hovering ghost. So now I see through the, uh, the spider's eyes, I wear the spider's skin, I crawl. Now I am the spider. He is out of his mind. Any questions? Out of his mind. Like it is is at one point when Spider-Man comes back and it's uh he's talking to Spider-Man and he he's looking at him and he like reaches out to like touch him? Like like out of love. Like it's it's almost remember that um that 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 panel we read about Joker and about how you know uh, Batman looking into the Joker's eyes and he sees yeah. love like it's almost like that and you're just like oh my god like Craven is out of his goddamn mind. Um, he's like oh there, uh, my triumph front frightens you, doesn't it? You know the game is over and you've lost. Oh, there's still a world out there for you to torture and feed upon. Entrails to chew up, minds to spit out. But you know that you no longer have Craven in your power. That not only scares you, it saddens you. And in some strange, inexplicable way, it saddens me too. And this is where he re- reaches out to kind of like... <laughs> he reaches out to put his hand under, under Spider-Man's chin. You recoil. Why? Does my affection embarrass you? No, it's not that. It's just that the game isn't quite done. Not yet. Like, <laughs> like it's almost... It, it, it's crazy because it, it comes back in a grim hunt. Because... um. His wife and his daughter and his half brother, um, uh, uh, Chameleon, get involved, and they all come together because they're basically going to the whole the the Kravenovs the are the ones behind the gauntlet. They're the ones that have uh, captured Madam Web and tortured her. They're the ones that have kind of feeding information and poking and prodding Spider-Man villains to kind of wear him down. And their whole idea is they're going to capture Spider-Man and use his blood to bring back. Craven. And the interesting thing about this is Craven kind of doesn't want that. Cause to him, he had a good death. Like him killing himself, it wasn't it wasn't out of defeat. It was out of victory. Like he looked at it like it was oh, a I celebration. Won. Yeah, I won. I can you like he Craven, I think, realized something that some other that I've never seen any other villain realize. That their obsession with the hero has this hold over them that keeps them from ever being happy. Right. And so Craven realizes this and is like, I have to prove myself to myself that I am better than Spider-Man. I can only do that by being Spider-Man and being better at him, at being him than he could. And once he does that and realizes he does that, he's like, it's done. It's over. I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm over. You, you have, he literally says, you have no more power over me. I have nothing to prove to you. Yeah, and and Spider Man is so confused. Like, what? You, you took two weeks of my life. You buried me alive. You did all this. <laughs> what do you mean? You have, and, and Craven's just like, oh no, it's okay. It's fine. We're, we're done. We're, now. Good. we're done now. It's 
And it's just, it's infuriating to Peter. He just can't you know, go out and do what you have to do. And Craven puts a gun in his mouth and shoots himself to death and, and, and kills himself. You know? It's, um, like at one point, uh, let's see, um, the spider's alive and there will undoubtedly be other survivors up in opposition. But it is no longer my concern. At one point, uh, like Vermin had knocked down Spider Man. He's killed before the kill, and, and Vermin runs out, rushes out. Craven, after saying this, goes over to Spider Man. Let me help you up. He <laughs> then helps Spider Man up the stairs. A good man, I think. How um, my spider is gone now. There's only a man. A good man, I think. How strange that I haven't been able to see that until now. No matter, I do see. And seeing Spider Man, I thank you and I bless you. If one such as a craving, as one such as a craving, give a, a a blessing, and Spider Man's like Craven, I don't understand. <laughs> of course, you don't understand. You know, and it's it, it like I said, reading Craven's last hunt, and they keep him dead for a while. They keep him dead. They keep him dead for a good long time. Yeah, he's not dead. He doesn't come back and tell a grim hunt. Um, let's see. Uh, and again, he's not happy with. He's infuriated. He's infuriated with his wife for bringing him. He is, and later on, killing her, snapping yeah. her neck. <laughs> like he, uh, it's just he. He's not happy that he's back. He's like, yo, I, I, you, you bring me back, and it's like, first of all, they kill the wrong Spider-Man. They kill, um, uh, uh, uh um, Kane. They kill the wrong one, and you know, <laughs> it's just like he's just he's just infuriated with everybody being so incompetent around him, and and it's just. He fights Spider-Man, but at the same time, it's like his heart isn't in it anymore. Because it's like, I've already done this. I, I've won. What, what have you guys done? You guys brought me back when I didn't want to be brought back. And, um, yeah. So, Kramer's is also another one of the original members of the Sinister Six. So, there's that. Um, we, we have him in here. I did mention him. Chameleon is uh, his first appearance as the Amazing Spider-Man number one. Uh, he's actually uh, Kramer's half-brother. Right. And he has part in... Okay. So, Spider-Man, like we said, is a very, has a very depressing past sometimes. He, uh, a lot of the things that happened in his life are very sad. We all know the origin. Hopefully they'll be retelling it with Homecoming. What Chameleon has done to Spider-Man some of these times, mm-hmm. it makes you want it, to... It, it's... I get it. And I put him on here because of the horrific things he's done, the parts he's played in just helping unravel Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. The, oh, I'm trying to find the, I'm trying to find the issue well, numbers here. Well, you're finding that like one thing he doesn't even in Grim Hunt at one point in Grim Hunt, he, um, he makes himself look like he's Ezekiel and he's like trying to, he, he's got, He's leading Spider-Man to a trap. Spider-Man doesn't know until it's too late. He's like, "Hey, yeah, you know, we'll go get Venom because you know the Kraven officers are hunting spiders. So let's get let's get Venom. Let's get uh, let's get anti-Venom. We'll get we'll get all these people." And Spider-Man's like, "Yeah, we'll do. That's a good idea." And he gets there, and he's like, oh, "I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I'm leading you in a trap. I'm really a chameleon. Like, I'm not Ezekiel. Like, it's just he tortures him. It's just evil." So he was being used by Green Goblin, but he still did this. He made robots that pretended to be Peter's dead parents. 
when Poseidon figured it out, he almost beat Chameleon to death. He broke his brain, left him in a corner repeating, I'm nothing. What happened was he loosened up the, re the repressed memories of his childhood and of being abused by his older half-brother, Craven, just mm. beating the shit out of But it, it kind of informs, like you said, the thing you just read, the sadistic side of him. Mm -hmm. And that's what he is, man. I, ugh. He's not, he's not, one, he's not someone on this, on this list who will physically go to toe with Spider-Man, but he will fuck with his brain consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then the entire criminal family is fucking nuts. It's a weird family. It's a weird family. It's, it's, they're very nuts. Again, read Grim Hunt. Read, well, read all of Gauntlet and then read Grim Hunt after you read, um, Craven's last last um, last hunt, and it's um, yeah, it's like you said. Like here's another panel with from from Craven's last hunt. I killed you, Spider Man, buried you, and after I killed you, I took your place. You drugged me, Craven, threw me into a state simulating <laughs> death. You could just as well have been dead had I wished it. I only allowed you to live so that you could know that I killed you. That in donning your costume and replacing you, I proved myself in all ways. You are superior. That's another thing too. Graven doesn't use he hunts, but he doesn't use guns. So he Spider Man in this in 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 the last hunt knew something was different because Craven shows up with a gun. He's like, wait a minute, you don't you don't you don't use you don't use guns. What are you doing? No. Nah, not this time. The bet all bets are off. You know? No longer playing. He had a plan and he executed it and um yeah, man. Yeah, uh, the Craven. Like, how many other Cravens do they make? Do they do? I know the none of them. We, we said none of them count, but they don't count. Um, it was Craven. Oh, let me go back to his. I just pulled up his Marvel database page because I was looking for that chameleon line. Okay, so there's the Grim Hunter was his son. There's mm -hmm. Craven the Hunter, another son. There's, uh, I guess his his daughter Anna. Mm -hmm. And then there was a Craven clone, I believe. Nineties mm -hmm. were weird. Yeah, so they have yeah. See, it's Sasha, his wife, Anna, his daughter. Um, uh, they have uh, Alusha. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they have all these other crepe. You're right, and they're they're all in Grim Hunt. And I think what happens in Grim Hunt, they basically whittle let down to basically just Anna left. Yeah, it's and we, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's 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 a great way if you want if you want to just get the, the essence of Craven read Craven's Last Hunt and then read Grim Hunt and you you got it all. It's it's, it's all there. Uh, next we have Sandman. Um, again, there's another one I, I folk, I know you want to talk about his ultimate character. I'll go in with, again, Gauntlet, issues 615 and 616. Who, okay, who, like this, they, they were just evil when yes. writing this stuff. Uh, you have here, what you, it's, um, you have this little young girl. Who is you? You at one point you think, okay, maybe it is Flint Marco's daughter. It's weird. I didn't think he had a daughter. What's going on? Did he kill her mom and things like that? What's what's going on? You find out what happened was, um, he kidnapped this girl. I think they, they his mother had um, her mother had been writing to him in prison, and so he became he he began thinking that. He was the, the the girl's daughter. I mean, the girl's father. Um, he became more powerful in being, being able to control, you know, his power, sand-based powers. 
his duplicates became their sentient on their own and end up killing the child's mother and everything. Like it becomes sad. And you realize that Flint is also fucking crazy. Like they don't have an Arkham for uh Spider-Man villains, but they might need one. His name is you Flint. Right. 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 That's the name we it's go a with. Crazy person. It's not. Um, but yeah, he kills Kim's mo- mother, the lawyer, and then there's a promoter or something like like. But it's not him. He, like he doesn't know. Like he's literally going around for like the first book and a half. You're literally going, Yo, Spider Man, just, li- just leave him alone. He's he's on the island with this little girl. He says he didn't do it. Maybe he didn't do it. Like you're really believing him because it's adamant that he didn't do it. He didn't. He didn't go out there and kill them. He was shocked that her mother was dead. Like it was just like it was just like, what's going on, and then one of his 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 duplicates goes, oh no, we we killed that bitch. He's just like what, <laughs> what's going on here? Um, so yeah, um, you said that you you really liked his ultimate version, right? So the ultimate version, he's kind of he's while it's developed, he's actually a mute former criminal who vanished from the criminal justice system and is being tested on because in the ultimate universe, a lot of these. Characters were born because people were trying to replicate Steve Rogers' uh, Super Soldier Serum. Mm-hmm. And so he sold to Roxanne, and I guess in the aftermath of a Doc Ock fight, Shields finds him. It's just him in a room. It's in a room full of sand. And he's just able... And I, I like the way he's just used there because he's less... And like you said, like that's a very sad story, but there's a lot of like vacillation and... His history is a little weird because he's been an Avenger in Sinister Six, and but in the, the Ultimate Universe, he was just a force of nature, mm-hmm. and I think that's what made him the scariest to me. That was it was a depiction of him that I really didn't expect, given what we've seen in Six One Six. Right, I think that makes that that does make the character interesting because again, you, I mean, some of these characters you think you think about them, you know, his first appearance would uh, Amazing Spider-Man Four. You think about them and they're kind of silly. You're like, oh, Sandman, <laughs> whatever. But then when you start saying, hey, we'll, we'll make you a force of nature, you know? Because another one you can put in there, um, what was it? Is it Hydro Man? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just you look at them and they're like, whatever, this is silly. But if you make them a force of nature, and you realize how powerful nature can be. And that's what they kind of did a little bit with the gauntlet. You just see, like, Again, it's another one of those things where Spider-Man just going around. Oh, I'll deal with you know, I'll deal with this character. I'll deal with Sandman and take care of him like I always do. Then he realizes that uh, he's learned some new tricks. It, it feels almost like Peter's like us in that book. Like, oh, uh, another Sandman story. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, that, oh no, this is a different Sandman story, and he's way more dangerous and scary. And holy shit, how am I gonna get out of this? You know. And it's so funny. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really fucked up. Uh, let's see. Who do we have next on the list? Here's an interesting one. Mysterio. Quentin Beck. Amazing Spider-Man right. number 13. Unpopular opinion alert. I'm not the biggest Mysterio fan. Yeah, me either. I didn't have a lot written down for him. I mean, he's in... Like, as a matter of fact, even in the gauntlet, I think he only gets like one issue. Maybe two. Right. Um... He's just illusions, you know? I mean, I guess there's... Maybe this just hasn't really been a good one. Well, what's part of it is that some of his better stories were Daredevil stories. Hmm. 
like Quentin Beck, like they have one where he like he's dying and ends up committing like it's it's a very he's committing suicide in front of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a character who I think if rebooted could be really really powerful, especially with the what movie effects have done today. But it's someone whose technology kind of passed by because when he came out, it was he's a special effects coordinator who has been disgraced in Hollywood mm-hmm. in the sixties and seventies. That's really there was a movie called FX like. We get it, like the appeal of not knowing how things are made. In 2016, it's hard to be like, oh, no, that's a green screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he he ends up dying and comes back from the dead. And eventually, uh, it, it, he, he, he reveals that, you know, he, he was part of the, he, he, maybe he faked his death. They don't know, but they never really go into even how he came back, but he's just back. And I don't know, man, it, it's... He's also, but you think about it, see, and I talk myself in and out of this character because you think more about it. He's the first character to breach the Ultimate Universe. Because mm-hmm. when you read Ultimate Spider-Man, the, the Mysterio there is an avatar of our Mysterio. Right. The entire Spider-Man crossover when mm-hmm. Peter and Miles meet for the first time happens because of Mysterio. Mysterio. Well, and I was about to say, like, I, I, it might not be some great Mysterio stuff. But I think there's a great story that can be told. I just pulled up. I, I pulled up the uh, the one page, like even the gauntlet. It's like they call me Quentin Beck, the one and only Mysterio, or maybe the real Beck is dead. I wouldn't trust me on this. I lie about everything. So it's like you actually have a really interesting thing about hey, because you know with, with with these other characters, we're pretty much going with their their, their main guy. Because so many of these some of these other characters have taken on have taken on mantles. Except when we get to Hobgoblin, that's another interesting one. Um, I'm taking up mantles and several characters have, have, have done this with, with Mysterio. Yes, yeah, happened, but can it be real? Is it the real thing? Because if you make it less about special effects and more about illusions, which is what I think they, they try to do here, like in, 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 in the gauntlet, he's, he's basically uh, manipulating both sides of the, um, the mafia wars. I mean, he's setting people up with, He's setting people up with die packs. He's doing all this other stuff. But he's also manipulating them because he's going to kill them all anyway. And it's a funny story. It's like, um, let's see. Uh, uh, um, hey, boss, I got to ask. We're, uh, why are we taking the time to rig these guys with fake deaths when when they're going to die anyway? Because it's better to have Marks thinking that they're, that they're the players. Like, I think there's a there, there can be really interesting and good stories there with Mysterio. And I'd be interested in seeing what they do going forward. Like, if they put them in the movies, I'd be interested in seeing what they do with them. I think you can do something there and kind of make him... Like, I, I think of... it. Remind, you know what it reminds me of? Mysterio reminds me of? It reminds me of those um, Now You See Me movies. Where there's an interesting, good concept there. Right. But they drop the ball on them. And I think yeah. that's, what, that's what it is with Mysterio. Like, I think that there's... And again, I'm not even saying that he's, he's bad in, in the gauntlet. I think he's done really well. And his gauntlet story is great. It's pretty good. But the other villains, are, they're better stories. And I just think that there's missing something. There's missing... This is like what you said with uh, Chameleon, with the way he tortures Peter and Spider-Man. Yeah, why can't that be Mysterio? That, that can be Mysterio. With the stuff that Mysterio can do... Like... like I, I think Mysterio, like, I don't know, you know, so many people, so many characters have found out Peter's, uh, Spider-Man's true identity. I always wonder what would happen if you had Mysterio do that and really write some really great stories around that. You know, let Mysterio find out that Peter Parker is, is Spider-Man and, and just let him, 
let him deal with that. And the kind of torture thing. Because even in the, the, the gauntlet, they kind of make him just a guy out to do one last score so he can retire. Like his whole idea, his whole, his whole plan is a mafia war just so he can get the money and he can go re- buy his own island and, and do that. That's all he wants. And, um, I'm like, yo, you can make him so much more. Like he, every now and then I think the way you make a villains, these villains better is when you elevate them to a, a bigger threat. And right now I still feel like kind of Mysterio is kind of like on that. He's waiting on his big story. He's waiting on that big story. Right. I see what you're saying. So. We'll see. Like I said, not a bad character. Just you, you, you. you, you I see wasted potential. You know. Uh, here's the next one. I'll let you take most of this one because I didn't. I didn't get to read. I don't read too many Vulture stories. You have Adrian Toomes as Vulture, first appearance Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number two. Yeah, there aren't that many Vulture stories. Yeah, there aren't that many great ones. Um, I I think the Vulture is good because it's it's. My mantle, like you said, it's one of the ones that's been passed a little bit, not too much, but it always comes back to Adrian Toomes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a huge fan of his depiction in the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon, where they made him like a, a corporate rival of Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. and that he had invented this technology, Norman, and so on, and it gave him more mythos to me. For it's it's interesting because it's hard to say that. You know, he's an integral people people who want to say that Vulture isn't the best spider villain, can't argue with him. Mm-hmm. I can't. Because he's a guy in a flight suit. An old guy in a flight suit. But the the more you realize that he he's he's again the step above those workaday villains. Mm-hmm. Does he just want to have a mix of money? Yeah, that's a hundred percent part of it. But he's also like very, very, very equipped. To possess such a unique challenge because Spider-Man can't fly. Right. And you start talking about the rest of these villains, like, wait a second. Scorpion, Lizard, Shocker, Electro, Craven, Sandman, Mysterio. This is our first flying villain. Mm-hmm. This is our first one. Mm-hmm. And it takes Spider-Man every time out of out of the uh, out of the um, his comfort zone. Right. They actually had a plot, a plot in the nineties where he could steal people's age, and so they were able to make him, I guess, different and scarier that way. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of liked what they, what uh, Slot has done with him, where he is now passing on his technology to like there's there's vulture gangs. Yeah, that's an interesting thing that's been happening. You see, we'll, we'll get into this when we get into the goblins. But you know, when you start having these 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 uh, these villains, like it's it another way that, that kind of you know differentiates uh, Batman's villains from. Uh, Spider-Man's villains. Spider-Man's villains start uh, start start franchising themselves. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it it seems funny when you mention it, but then you're like, oh, this is actually a problem. <laughs> yeah, he's figured out how to use the magnetic powers that let the magnetic harness that lets him fly to give him super strength. Mm-hmm. And so I I just think that you know it's one of those villains that yeah, there's maybe not a standout story, but I love what Slot's done with him because. Okay, so this is another thing about people forget about these characters. Like, we said that, yeah, we love a large, mysterious story. Some of these characters are never built to carry a story by themselves. No. That's why you and I are going to talk about Sinister Six next. But these characters acting together in, in concert is what creates the problems. Mm-hmm. And so, is the Vulture the ultimate spider villain? No. But he's definitely an important role and he definitely plays an important place in the mythos. When you start adding, like you said, on their own Spider-Man's villains, 
Yeah, okay, he can take care of them easily. When you start some adding of to them, them together, yeah, some of them. When you start adding to them together, now you got a problem. A real problem. And especially now, because this character, like you said, this is a, a, what was the first appearance? Was it Spider Man 2? Yeah. Yeah, so this character is still active in 2016, but I like how they've reinvented him to being almost a mob boss. Mm-hmm. He's got his own little crew. He's like, no, no, like the vulture kids. And they work for him, and they, I think that's a natural progression of a character over 50 years. Yeah. Now, in the Gauntlet, they do have the Jim Lee uh, Nat, uh, Natal uh, version of the, the, the Vulture, which is just honestly just frightening. <laughs> um, and he's actually more of a mutated former mob boss that can, a gangster who can... Uh, basically vomit as like he's is is not the is not the vulture all right that's not the vulture we're talking about um i'll find some issues for for vulture that that he appears in but you can also just read what we're going to do next is you mentioned it um so do you want to talk about dr octopus first or then then do secret uh sinister six since we'll have covered all of them i'm gonna do that first and then do sure we'll do that i'll turn all right so i'll pull my documents yeah so um next character we're gonna put here just because we would have covered all of the uh sinister six i if we're gonna these are not a ranking um i remember when i first asked you this i was like you know to me there there there's two characters that you could put near number one um and i'm okay with putting ak here i think because the number one really has to be number one um but dr octopus is another one of those just this is this is almost the um, this one, you know, every villain has one, every hero has one of those villains that has literally beaten them. And what Dr. Octopus does, obviously, in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 698 through 700, and then with Superior Spider-Man, um, both defines, you know, the strengths of Dr. Octopus, and the, but then also the strengths of Peter Parker, mm-hmm. and why Peter is Spider-Man, and why he cannot be replaced. Um, but yeah, Doctor Octa- Otto Octavius. Um, first appearance, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number three. Uh, and uh, how do you want to start with this one? Because there's there's so much to do with with, with Otto. Well, let's go over the powers first. Okay. All right. So uh, his uh, was it the mental ability to control? Well, it was it's an accident, radiation accident. Allows him to mentally control these uh, four metallic arms. And obviously with his two arms, two legs, that makes him Dr. Octopus. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. As a kid, I was wondering. I was like, what, what? shouldn't he have eight metal arms? And then it didn't hit me. I was like, oh, you fucking beautiful bastard. He gets there. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to eight. Yeah, he gets to eight. I mean, but... um. So you have that. Uh, and then also, I guess... It's not really a, a power, if you will, but his genius as well. I think. Yeah, he's and something that Slot really pointed out is that he's kind of the anti-Peter. Absolutely, he's the other side of that coin. You get that with the the superior. superior yeah, you get that with superior, and he really is anti-Peter Parker. Um, very intelligent, very smart. Uh, you have these titanium steel artificial tentacle arms that he can control with his mind. And it's, it's interesting that they really play up on that um, and having him mentally be able to control these things over distance. And that plays a key part in those Amazing Spider-Man runs where he takes over P- 
Peter's body. Um, but even earlier on, like, um, he breaks out of prison sometimes just by mentally calling his arms. And I'm like, how do you guys not lock these things up better? <laughs> like, I never had a better protocol in place. Why don't you just melt them? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, why didn't Destroy everybody... the arms. Just, that's the first step when you capture Dr. Octopus, right? Destroy the arms. Like, I don't understand that. Um, yeah, he's had three different ones, the original titanium ones. He had animanium ones and then our carbonadium ones. Yeah, I think it's from uh, it's the metal from uh, Omega Red. Yeah, there we go. Which is just like Omega Red's ones. So. Yeah. Uh, so we got the powers. And um, so one of the issues I've read were Amazing Spider-Man 88 and 90. And that's actually, you forget, like, again, with the joking that Peter Parker does in Spider-Man, you forget some of the horrible things that happened to him. And you forget how many people that are close to him die. Forgotten Amazing Spider-Man 88 and 90, the death of... Captain Stacy, Gwen Stacy's dad, it's pretty much due to Doctor Octopus. One hundred percent. Aachen and in Spider Man are fighting. Uh, Captain Stacy's there. Uh, parts of the building fallen in Stacy. And uh, there's another one of those things where uh, Captain Stacy kind of re- also reveals, in while dying in Peter's arms, that he knows that he is Peter Parker. And he knows, he asked him to basically take care of uh, Gwen now that he's going to die. I know everyone thinks it's safer not to tell people around them that you're superheroes. People tend to tell you that they knew on their deathbed, so tell them earlier. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll stay alive. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think 88 and 90 are also known as, just especially for that time period, it's actually a really well done uh, Spider-Man and, Oct- and Dr. Octopus fight. Uh, oh yeah, drawn. It looks. It, it's for that time period. It looks amazing. It's great. Um, during this time, and well, I guess we'll do this, to, and then we'll get into Superior Spider-Man stuff. But it's also after being defeated by Spider-Man three times, Doctor Octopus decides, "Hey, you know what? We, maybe we should work together." <laughs> and he decides to form the original Sinister Six. So it's Doctor Octopus, it's Vulture. Electro, Craven, Mysterio, and Sandman. Uh, the only issue is uh, ego is in the way that you would normally expect from supervillains, and uh, they uh, even though they're the Sinister Six, they decide to attack Spider-Man one on one on one, and he easily defeats them. Uh, that's why I like it when they return the, the Sinister Six, and they replaced Craven. Oh, who did they replace Craven with? Fuck. I can't remember who they replaced Craven with in the second. On the second iteration? In the second iteration. But it was um, Major Spider-Man 334 and 339. Uh, They replaced him. And that time, it becomes a little bit harder because they they work together. But uh, Otto is... uh, They worked together that time, but Otto was trying to double-cross him anyway. Because he's Otto. Because he's Otto, and that's what he does. And he's constantly thinking about things like this. And so he double, he double crosses them. Oh God, who is the it was Hobgoblin? That's what it was, yeah. wasn't it? There we go. He has Hobgoblin replaces Craven. Because Craven had killed himself. Yes. So this is after Craven's last hunt, and technically Craven Craven realized that it was time to, to hey, you know what? I already won. I'm out. You guys you guys get fun doing this. You know what? I'm not I'm not going to be obsessed. I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, he showed them <laughs> right. Nuts, guys. I told you he's fucking nuts. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Otto's Otto's another Otto's one of those characters, and we mentioned it before how you know Spider Man deals with some of these characters, and they're they're dumb. Otto's different in that not only is he is he smart, but in in many ways, and you see this throughout Superior Spider Man, he believes he's smarter than Peter, and smarter than Spider Man, and well, like, he's smarter than everyone. Yeah. He's smarter than Tony Stark, and he comes close. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about I guess we can keep talking about it, but yeah, man, Dr. Octopus for me is, he's kind of evolved, especially with the slot stuff, especially with, you take the long view of all of his, uh, all of his actions, he is kind of the anti-Spider-Man. Like, he's, he's Spider-Man gone, he's Peter Parker gone wrong. Mm-hmm. He's someone who's mistreated as a youth. But as they point out so beautifully uh, in those Superior Spider-Man issues, he never had an Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. And so he's always fighting for recognition and for and for acceptance and to be powerful. It results in him getting killed by a, a, a clone of Peter Parker, Kane. Mm-hmm. They bring him back because it's, it's comic books. Mm-hmm. And he has... Just at, at this point, and on a macro level, the number one character we're going to talk about had gotten elevated in the Marvel strata, so they needed someone to act as Peter's perfect foil, and they I think they almost improved it. Yeah, I mean, so this this goes into, a, this will be a little mini rant, uh, not too long, because I've, I've done this before, and just why it's important to let creators tell the story they're going to tell. Again, if it turns out to be bad, you know, hey, yeah, hold it against them. But you need to tell... I remember so many times when they killed Peter Parker and they had him replaced by uh, Doctor uh, by Otto. And people were just like, oh, this is terrible. You ruined Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man. Not my Spider-Man. And all the other shit. And what people realized, didn't realize is throughout this the story they tell through Amazing Spider-Man 698 through 700 and then through Superior Spider-Man is actually defining why Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And they're doing it by letting you realize it the way you're they're doing it by letting uh, Otto realize that he'll never be he'll never be the true superior Spider-Man and true superior to Peter through these issues. And it really is at its core a Peter Parker story, even though the main character is Otto Octavius in Peter Parker's body. It's it's brilliant. You know, because um, the final act of Peter, when he realized he can't stop. uh Otto from taking over his body and, and, and pretend to be him is to use is to flood Otto with his memories and be like, listen, you, if you're going to do this, if you're going to be me, you have to be me. You have to protect the innocent. You have to prove that you can be a superior spider. He floods him with images of what happened to him with uh, uncle Ben dying. And he makes him say the words uh, with great power uh, must come great responsibility. He makes him do that, you know? And then what you see in Superior Spider-Man is Otto thinking that it's just easy. Well, why can well, it's just so easy? I can just do this. It's easy to do this, you know. Even when um when when uh he, I talked about it before when Otto as Peter uh, hits that that poser who's pretending to be a supervillain, um, Otto reacts. He's like, "Oh, so when I fought Peter." He was always holding back. He, I, he he appreciates how much restraint 
Parker had to show with yeah. those powers. Right. He, he reflects uh, on it too when he when he damn near decapitates the scorpion. Right. He's like, I didn't know he held back so much doing our fight. Because in a way, you can say that part of uh, Otto's um, disease and what's going on with him is just all the punishment he's taken over the years. So in a way, you can kind of blame Spider-Man, all my vicious attacks. and be- Well, shit, this could have happened to me sooner. If He's like, he could have killed me at any point. Right. But he holds back all the time. Right. You know? Because Peter Parker's a good man. Yeah, Peter Parker's a good man. And then you're, you you get you get Otto realizing this about the entire Superior Spider-Man run. And realizing that, yo, as much as you think you're smarter than me, as much as you think you can do things better, there's a reason, there's a rhyme and reason to why, you know, going back to what Dan Slott said about Peter Parker being his own worst enemy, there's a reason why. I mean, Peter Parker's actually... We, we don't think about it as much because he's always laughing and joking and having these comments, but he's a tortured soul. There's so much he keeps in. Like I, when I'm, when I was going back and reading some of these issues for this stuff, I forgot how much like, I'm like, damn, Peter, you're just a fuck up. Like his relationships with women. Oh, God. <laughs> he's just a fuck. But then you think about it, you're like, well, he can't help it though. Right. You know, he's the guy that, you know, um, that has to save the, the, the kid and have to let the villain go to save the kid in the burning building or save the kid that this, this falls into the water and do all this stuff, you know? That's how, at one point, I think, um, uh, uh, Otto realizes that Peter's brain is still there because at one point he goes and he saves he saves somebody instead of finishing the job. He's like, what am I doing? Why did I do that? That's what it means to be Spider-Man. He's infected with Spider-Man. Yeah, you know? You, you can't do this. You can't just go and talk to people the way you want you want to talk to and and, and demand these things. There's a there's a reason why Peter does the things he does, and it might seem stupid on the outside. And I think even in a way, Superior Spider-Man makes you. If you didn't appreciate uh, the choices that Peter's had to make, even if they, you you thought they were dumb, you go ahead and go. Oh, but you had to make that choice. And 100. Yeah. So um, it was it was an explicit way because we talked about this. We've talked about this before, but like when you remove a superhero from a comic, you by by extracting him, you highlight what makes him special. Mm-hmm. This is taking that writ large because they don't just take him out and make you learn the lesson. They explicitly have his replacement character say, "Shit, I can't be better than him." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the proxy for the audience who says, "Spider Man's stale. Spider Man's boring." Mm-hmm. It's um, it's funny because so Otto realizes, but then and this is why I say. I, it would be it, after reading Craven's Last Hunt and then reading this. I feel like the seeds might have been planted there a little bit because even Craven at some point realizes, "Oh wow, no, this is actually a good man." Right. He's he's a he's a good he's a good man. He, I I almost envy I I pity him. Like I I don't you know. Okay, I I get it now. You know I understand. And you get the same thing coming with. Well, Otto, and it's um, he said at some point we're gonna do a, a combo book club on Superior Spider-Man, and um, I think it's necessary because then it also ties into um, our number one character, which by now you should, you should obviously know who it is. Um, but we'll, we still have a ways to get to before we get to him. But um, yeah, yeah, it it, it ties in them. I remember when we talked about. It, he was like, yeah, um, well, he technically is the villain, the real villain of that story. So I'm like, yeah, okay, valid. All right, uh, we'll get into our next two characters, which are our two female characters. On the list. There's more, but uh, we're going to stick with uh, these two. 
First one is Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, first appearance of The Amazing Spider-Man 194. Um, didn't start off with powers, but then she got her bad luck powers, which is always funny when, when her and Spider-Man are there. And, and, and at one point, you're like, is it really bad luck powers, or is just Peter really bad around hot, attractive women? Why not both? Could be both. Could be both. Um, this is one of those, like, again... Gray area, right? A lot of it, yeah. Because uh, she'll do some bad things. Like even in the um, in the Miles books, she's back in in the in the Miles books, and she's trying to figure out who the fuck she unmasked them. She's trying to figure out who um, the new Spider Man is. And it was an interesting line in there. Let me uh, let me see if I can find it now. Because the interlines he says is, is her in Tombstone is something along the lines of, I don't even know why we why, why do why are we doing this? Like it's not the Spider Man, so. But I guess we have to do this because we just we, we hate him, right? Yeah, he's the Spider-Man in, in, in front of us. Yeah. Uh, go go on while I try to find this. I'm gonna try to find this thing. Yeah, Felicia Hardy. Um, she's the daughter of a Catburger who became a Catburger herself. Uh, she's kind of Spider-Man's Catwoman. Yeah. No. Absolutely. They're, they 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 she they date for a while. Um, in in the 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 Gwen uh, Mary Jane era. It's it's interesting because, like you said, she's forced between good and bad guy for such a long time. But I like the current run they're doing with her because they're putting her firmly back where she back on the bad side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's some conflict. Yeah, there's some questions. But she she's she sees a, a vacuum in the underworld and aims to fill it. Mm-hmm. And so she's been organizing and with her intimate knowledge of Spider Man, she's. So what happened was when Otto was Spider-Man, he didn't know the nuance of their relationship. Mm-hmm. He had her arrested. He had her exposed to the black cat. He cost her all her money. And black cat doesn't know that wasn't Peter. Right. Peter can't say, no, no, no. Doc Ock had my brain. It's cool. Mm-hmm. He ruined her life. Right. Has put her back on the side away from Spider-Man, which is in this is the quote at the top that I, I love in the new run. Hold on, I just lost it for a second. Give me one second here. For years, I was this little thief pretending to be a socialite. But this, this is new. I'm done pretending. This cat's going to be a queen. Queen of thieves, queen of crime, queen of this whole town, and nothing and no one are going to get in my way. Bam, there you have it. You've refocused the character Mm -hmm. in one speech. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how they play this off because... This is a long, long, long story history with her being an ally to Spider-Man, but she feels honestly betrayed. Right. For all the stuff she's worked with him on and, and done with him, it's, it's literally like if, if you know, um, say Penguin took over Bruce Wayne's brain and um, Batman exposed, you know, Selena Kyle and got her arrested and did everything like that. And then they've been through that would fuck her up and take all her money, did all the stuff and literally left her there. Yeah. Catwoman was going to say, fuck you. That, that's yeah. when she leaves him in that, uh, in, uh, Arkham, Arkham, uh, Arkham city. Ar- Arkham city. She leaves and doesn't come back when he's, when he's, yeah. And destroys everything. Um, here's her in the miles book. He's younger than I thought he'd be. I can't help but wonder what says tombstone. Uh, we took him out for a business reason. I feel, I feel this underwhelming, overwhelming hatred for him, but yeah, I hate him. I do, but I don't even know him. I get it. The old Spider-Man's kind of out of our reach, but we're still steaming from all the trouble he caused us. 
and now he's here, and we're taking out our old Spider-Man frustration on the new one. It makes sense. Still, I'd like to think I'm above that. Why? <laughs> yeah, they're just, you know. Yeah, that's just, yeah. This, this is the life you've chosen. Yeah, this is this is what it is. He puts the mask on, he wears the web, you gotta fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And, um... There I, are I, worse policies. I mean, let's... For what it's worth, I get it. No, I do. Like, so you, you'll get her more of her in, uh, and you see why the betrayal of Superior Spider-Man uh, is so good, because you see her literally help. Um, but even when she helps Peter, it's not always helping him for his for her own good. Like, she helps him steal a, back a vial of his blood from Mr. Negative, who was, used, who was using it to... It was his dragon breath or whatever it is, which is this right. toxin that only affects the person whose blood it's used to create it. So he had stolen Spider-Man's blood and we're using it so that whenever he comes across this this, this poison, it would only if if there's fifty people in a room in Spider-Man, it would only kill Spider-Man. So she he helps he helps her he he uses her to help him get the vial back. She takes it, she says she destroys it, but she keeps it for herself. You know? It's just She's always going to do some things in herself for her own uh, for her own personal use. Um, there is a relationship she had at one point. I would say during uh, when we get to Venom, uh, when the first appearance of Venom, uh, she comes back. I can't remember where she was at. She had gotten rid of her powers, her bad luck powers, if you will, um, which actually is a thing. Like at first, I thought it wasn't, but it actually is a thing. Um, and she's shocked to learn that. Peter's married to Mary J. And uh does not take that well. But um yeah, it's a it's a very like you said, she's a she's his catwoman, but in a way I think that I'm very intrigued to see what they do with her next. You know. Does he does he have her own solo book? Right now? Yeah. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, the other one you have on here is so like, I, I, aren't they doing a movie for her or something like that? Or, that was going to be one of the rumored spinoffs. Okay. Silver of, Sable. Uh, from the, the, the Spider-Man universe. Mm-hmm. Now this but, is one I don't, I, I really don't know much about Silver Sable. Yeah, I included Silver Sable just because, um, I, I like, this is kind of Spider-Man's foray almost into like, larger so you've got characters like your deadpools and your cables who are kind of mercenaries or whatever this is his answer to that character those characters silver sable's father was a nazi hunter and she became trained as an assassin and as a, a hero a, a pretty much a hero for hire and she takes over what they call the wild pack so the wild pack are, are bounty hunters but she constantly not constantly but often runs into spider-man chasing a prey because they have very little regard for public safety or property damage and Spider-Man being the hero, that obviously is a point of contention. Um, she's less a a, a supervillain, especially in recent, recent days, and more just kind of a... Uh, she does what takes... What, whoever, whoever can afford her, she'll do the job. Um, but she's actually reformed and become a big, big help to Spider-Man. Uh, she's been... She was doing the Into the Earth. She was helping him try to stop, save the world from Dr. Octopus. And she died. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at the hands of another villain on this list. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was Octopus's plan. And it kind of said, Spider-Man had said like, this is one of his, he was in the, 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 the kick of no one dies. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone I can save, I'm going to save. And she died directly because of him. And it just was another level of guilt that just slaps Peter with. But I think that we haven't seen the end of it either. Yeah. Because yeah. I really doubt that slot's going to let this just end this way. Yeah. Because, yeah. Of, again, nobody in Madam Web said that she was alive. So. Yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, the interesting thing about this is, and this is why Daredevil and Spider-Man's interesting characters are... Um, this uh, Daredevil has Catholic guilt, and Peter doesn't have the Catholic guilt, but he does have he does feel that weight. And a lot of these villains just add on to that. Um, some of them just because he can't save them. Some of them just because I mean they they're just assholes. Uh, but some of them are just because he can't save them, and and that, that'll go into. We got anything else we want to do for Silver, Silver Saber before we move into the next one? No, you're good. Um, that goes to Rhino. So. Rhino stands. Rhino. Rhino is a you know a joke for the most part, right? And it's just he's just the muscle, you know. He he's got this um <laughs> literally has this superpower rhino suit. Yeah, but you're trying to find the ways to not say the word rhino suit. Right, it's I a rhino suit. Like I mean, it, it's it, that's what it is. It's a rhino suit that gives him you know makes him super strong and. And he can run through walls. It's like, it's just, he seems like a joke, right? First appearance was the Amazing Spider-Man 41. Most of the time he's used as a muscle and, 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 and you don't care. Like, you can just throw him in there and you'd be fine, right? There were two, two storylines that I read that aren't, not, not a lot. They're very, just four issues total. That really, to me, shows you how tragic of a character he can be. The first one was Flowers for for Rhino, the uh, Spider-Man Tangle Web number five oh, and six. Oh man, that's a I forgot. See, I didn't read that for this. I just know that story, man. That's a listen, good book. Listen, listen. All right, you basically have in here. You have Rhino realizing that he's stupid, and that because he's stupid, like just it doesn't matter. Like he he's he's tasked to help save uh this um to to help rescue this uh this girl this woman Stella is the, the the daughter of some some mob boss and um he's he's realizing that like it let me see if I can find the um the thing when he shows up he just realizes that and then you, you get this whole thing where you you finally realize like how tr- how much trouble it is for him being rhino like they they really humanize him. Like the little things, like you know, he has to ha- he has to he has to live in the he has to live in the cellar of of where he's living at because if he doesn't, he'll fall through the floor. He has to have a pulley system to get out of bed because if he, God forbid he goes to sleep and he rolls over, he's not gonna be able to get up. You know, he's like how everybody considers him a joke. You know, he has to pay women to 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 get them to spend time with him, even though he knows, even though I'm paying them, they're still they're still laughing at me behind my back. Everybody's laughing at me because I'm stupid and I'm a joke and everybody knows I'm a joke. You know, they're only around me because if I have money, then that's why. Uh, he stays with this girl, Stella, and she smiles at him. He's just like, wow, she acts, it's like, it's like a legitimate smile. So then he goes, is it the tinkerer he goes back to? I think it's the tinkerer. I believe so, yeah. Because the tinkerer is like, listen, this is what I want you to do. Because tinkerer's over here, tinkering, uh, obviously tinkering with shit. And he's like, listen, I want you to make me smarter. I want you to do what you're doing to this monkey over there. Over here teaching this monkey how to, you know, uh, 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 write music and do all this stuff. I want you to do it to me. I want you to make me smarter. 
And he actually does. And what's interesting about this is, he, I, at first I thought it was going to be a dream sequence. Like I thought, I thought it was going to end with them going, "Oh no, no, it was it, this was all in Rhino's head. It was um all full of shit, and uh, the, the the operation was actually uh, a, a a complete failure." And he thought this entire thing up. What actually happens is it actually happens. He becomes smarter. He actually best Spider Man. At one point, he goes. Yeah, I got I I I you know, I became so smart. I was able to, you know, get uh an order of protection against Spider-Man. And Spider-Man isn't allowed within like <laughs> 100 feet of me, you know? Um Stella loves him. He does but he the problem with the procedure is the procedure works so well. He becomes so smart that nothing even matters anymore to him. And so he goes back to Tinker is like, "I want you to undo everything you did." But actually, you know what? Make me dumber than before. And um, it's really sad. It's it's so sad. Like, like you know, when we're talking, when you, when you hear me say this, you're like, oh, this is no, no. When you read it, it is it is sad. Very, very, very sad. And you're just like, oh, damn, man. Because he had he had he had he had left crime. Actually, no, he's he done. Yeah, he was done. He like, and it just it it you know he it didn't work out, and so he, you know. He goes back and it's like, all right, make me dumber. Bring me back. And this is an interesting thing about um one thing he says the one thing the one thing he can do is uh the one thing he, he before he had this the powers and one thing that just makes him makes him feel better is running through walls. That's the one thing I can do. That's the one thing um that I'm good at and I'm I never feel as free as when I'm when I'm running through walls. Let me see if I can I can find some of the, the things I had for that one. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. Yeah, no, I don't have that one. I don't have that one. But um, so then, so then, because uh, who would have thought like some of the most tear jerking ones would be for a Rhino? Um, the Gauntlet for Amazing Spider-Man six seventeen and six twenty five. Rhino, uh, Alexi. Has found a uh, found a woman, Oksana. He he gets out of prison, uh, and uh, he finally he's, he's like I'm done. I'm done with crime. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to prison, and I'm gonna do my time. I'm gonna serve my time. I'm gonna hang the suit up. I'm not gonna put it back on. I'm not gonna be the Rhino anymore. Like there's they even show him at one point. Uh, there's a prison break. And people are like, Hey Rhino, you gonna come out? He's like, No. Uh, can you actually like one of the 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 guards goes and he's like. Hey, hey, don't, don't you leave here. He's like, can I have some more salt? As a riot is going on. He's like, I just want some more salt. I'm not. Just a little bit more salt. I'm not going anywhere. He gets released on parole. Goes to a diner and ends up talking to, and it's just, it's a very just humanizing conversation he has with this, this, this waitress and they fall in love. Um, the backdrop of this is there's a new rhino with new technology who kind of worships the idea of being a rhino, but he realizes that he can't really be the rhino as long as Alexi is still alive and, and is there. So at some point, he has, to do, he has to beat rhino. He has to beat Alexi. So the end of 617 ends with, uh, like, Spider-Man's just so confused by this. Like, like you're not going to fight back. You're not going to do this. And he says, that, he says to Spider-Man basically, like, listen, you know, to, to save Oksana, to do what I have to do, I will be a coward for her. I will run. I will go into witness protection. 
you know what? I will do this for her. I'm not going to fight this man. He's like, yo, if, 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 if you put the suit on, you fight this other rhino, you guys will destroy the fucking city. You can't do it. And Alexis says, okay. And they let it go for like, they, they, you go, you go on for, for other issues. The, that's the thing that gets you the story moves. You're like, wow. Yeah. It's like, Peace oh. He's for a rhino. Yeah. All right. Like, here we go. What's next? Yeah. You're like, oh, this is great. This is, this is, this is awesome. Rhino got peace. Uh, this is, this is one of the, this is one of the few in, in reading the, the, the gauntlet. This is one of the few, uh, Villain stories that ends pretty well. Like, I'll be damned a happy ending. Yeah. And then Amazing Spider-Man 625 happens. Look, man. I don't know. No. Y'all should let that man alone. Listen. He asked nicely to be left alone, didn't he? The other rhino is still not satisfied. Finds out where they're transporting Alexi and Oksana and attacks and Oksana is killed. And this is when you realize that maybe you should have left Sleeping Giants alone. He, he put. He, the, he he said you could have it. Like it's not even a fight. He said you could have it. it was <laughs> yeah, over. that's the thing. That, that's the thing that kills me. He told this other. I can't remember who the other guy's name was. But he told the other guy, "You it can be the rhino." Yeah, it was. doesn't matter what your name is. He told him, "You can be the rhino." I don't want that life. I'm not about that. It's yours. Take it. Leave me alone. Should have listened to that man. He destroys this dude. It's not. Like, I know we say things like you kind of have to read it to, to understand what we're saying. When Chris says destroys, you have to read this book. And it's it's gut-wrenching because this is where you get Rhino, you get Alexi turning back to crime. Because he didn't want to do it. And he didn't want to do it. Um, Here's the other thing, and this goes back to just the, the weight on Spider-Man. Spider-Man was actually like, I'll be damned. I actually got somebody reformed. There's somebody who's actually going to, you know, who's going to listen. And he's like, I told him I would get protection, and then Oksana dies. There's a scene, He's trying to stop Rhino from, from, from killing this dude. He's trying to. Like, he's got the weapon. He's trying to stop, and he can't do it. And um, they have this thing where... Because uh, the other the other rhino he has like a mechanical suit. It's like the, the one that Sony actually went with in the movie, and it's you hear it booting up, and it's like he's got like three seconds left before he can boot up and, and be powered on, and it's not enough time. Rhino destroys him. He runs through him, and it's just yeah, he's all the way back now. The one thing he had, to, the one thing that stopped him, the one thing that he had. He would be a coward get, for her. Yeah, he would be a coward for her. He took it away from him. It's done. It, it's, it's like this is this rivals the shed story to me, with 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 lizard, and just seeing. See, this is even worse than shed to me because the lizard was fighting against inevitability. True. This is like he had to. He forced himself to make the choice to go back. He's like, oh well. You made me do this, mm-hmm. and didn't want to do it. Like it I, I'm going to say I think that these were the most um, that might during the the Gauntlet storyline. They might have been the most uh, emotionally wretching stories to me, just because it is like they killed his wife. I mean, and you know he shouldn't do it. But at the same time, you're like, could have just left the man alone. 
asking you. You could have just, you could have listened. You know, you, you could have done The that. rhino asked you nicely. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, you didn't listen. Yes, mm-hmm. so nicely. Mm-hmm. And here we are. He's like, he, he here's his panel. He's like, um, let's see. Do not bother. He's gone. Yeah, I got to turn up half of my Manhattan wing to kill you tonight. I'm not going to let that happen. Spider-Man, didn't I make you a promise? I will even be a coward for her. The rhino was dead. I said those things only to make him stop. Now, now you make me. You now you make us disappear. You know. And it's like you see them happy. You see this going on, and then she dies. Thank you for loving me, for making me into a man, if only for a little while. Alexi, what happens next is because of you. Pointing to Spider Man. He goes and puts that suit on, and it's he blames just, him. He says, yeah. "I would have done into this earlier, mm-hmm. but you talked me out of it." The seconds I lay eyes, let's see. Um, the seconds I lay an eye on him, I know that Alexi died on the Triborough alongside his wife, because the thing running at us isn't human any longer, not in any way that counts. He can't be. He has no heart. Like they literally cause almost like a nuclear explosion when him and the new Rhino come together. And he mangles this guy. Like, it comes together. They show Spider-Man getting everybody, getting uh, him, I can't remember what, what the chick's name is, up up out of the city. Because, like, they're going to, um, like his ears are rupturing, Spider-Man's ears are rupturing. He goes to the epicenter of them, the, the two rhinos colliding. Then you come back to the next panel, and you see it, the, the new rhino, his suit is done. It is just completely mangled. It's all over. He's it's like your brain versus shit. your brain on drugs. Right. And before this, this dude is talking cash shit. Yo, you would have thought this was going to be a fight to end all fights. Right. All of a sudden, it's like, this is impossible. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> this was going on. Uh, he's uh, like, Alexi, please stop it. He'll go to jail. He won't come out. You, I know. I know what you lost. You can still have a second chance. Please. All of this happened because I tried to be something I am not. I will never forgive you. And you have Spider-Man trying to hold on as Alexi is like he's like his Spider-Man suit is coming apart as he's trying to pull back uh, Rhino from doing this. Um, was he a man who dressed like an animal? Was he an animal pretending to be a man? I don't have a clue, but I know one thing. He loved someone and it was beautiful. And sometimes I think when something beautiful in this world is taken away so with such violence, the universe reacts in kind. And you have Rhino just going, goodbye, Oksana. And he destroyed. The new Rhino is dead. Alexei uh, Savech is dead. Long live the old Rhino. You know, and he goes, he never took a chance, did he? Which one? Either, both, any of us. Yeah, man. That is... <laughs> Listen... The gauntlet is it's a good fucking read, man. Yeah. It they really they really nail some of these characters and you get stories like that. Again, two issues. Two That's issues. It. Two issues. Told told apart from each other. Told apart from each that other. That's the first one you think it's over. Mm-hmm. And then go back and read A Flower for a Rhino, uh, oh. Spider Man's Tangle Web five and six. It's just like again, who would have thought two of the four issues four issues, separate 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 things, so two issues each for storylines. For Rhino, some of the best things I've read and just, just really capture a villain 
and they're fucking amazing, man. Like, chills on your spine when you read these. Because again, you everybody thinks of it. It's like it's the fucking rhino. It's who the fuck cares, right? Right. No, no, not this. Them. Not this. This is different. <laughs> this is way different. Um. All right, let's move on. Uh, next one is an interesting one. Hobgoblin. It's complicated. Yeah, very. <laughs> So I'm trying to figure out. I was like, Yo, what's his real name? Oh, it's complicated. It's complicated. Guess it's Roderick Kingsley. Kingsley is the original. Passes it on to, uh, I guess. <laughs> Passes on to Phil uh, Urich, who is the... the oh, uh, wow. Oh, we're skipping a lot of people. I know. We've got to skip all... I mean, we can go through them. But that's what it, uh, like, it's... There's a lot, man. Um, the, the thing about it is, while it's complicated, it's actually kind of a good story. Especially Roderick Kingsley's Kingsley story. Yeah. It's a good story, and and you would think that, and I made this mistake as well, because I've always kind of looked at Hobgoblin as just, you know, a green goblin wannabe, um, but it's so much more than that, and I almost like it's like if Green Goblin wasn't crazy. Yeah, but he was just a straight up businessman. Yeah, which is straight up businessman, uh, it, it actually makes him a little bit more dangerous, you know, not a whole lot. Because crazy will always trump that. But it's out there. We've had um, Roger Ken- Kingsley, Arnold Donovan, uh, Net, uh, Net Leeds, uh, what's it, Jason uh, McIndale. Uh, who else do we have? The Unknown Goblin. The which Unknown is so Goblin. Hilarious. Right. <laughs> the Unknown Goblin. Uh, Daniel Kingsley. Daniel Kingsley. Yeah. I, it's just, it's always passed around and passed down. And what, what's interesting about this is for. The the origin of it is they never they they never told her for so long who he was. Okay, so all right, so we're gonna have uh, D Palm's nerdy story corner for a second. When the story when, when the character was created, it was originally it was in, in the um, in two thirty eight. Someone found uh, Hob- Green Goblin's old lair and then developed the Hobgoblin. It was originally written by Roger Stern. He admits when he plotted the first story, he had no idea who Hobgoblin was going to be. He, as, he, as he was writing it, he said it revealed to him that he it was going to be Roger Kingsley. A couple of readers thought of Kingsley immediately. Stern was going to have the uh, truth revealed in 264. Stern left the series in 252. <laughs> Tom DeFalco took his place. <laughs> DeFalco asked him, hey, I want to make sure we do your story justice. Who's the hobgoblin? He told him it was Kingsley. <laughs> DeFalco said, nah, we're not. Nah, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder your story, Justin. Wait, wait, that's what you're going to go with? Oh, fuck that. Fuck that shit. We're not doing that shit. Uh, he then, DeFalco ended up having um, the Hobgoblin continue to tease the, the, the mystery. He was going to have it be Richard Fisk, the son of uh, Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. He doesn't reveal that. Because then, James Owsley comes on as the editor of the Spider-Man title, titles. He and DeFalco don't get along. So when Owsley asked Hobgoblin... Who, who uh, DeFalco had as the Spider-Man, as Hobgoblin villain. DeFalco lied and just said Ned Leeds, brother of Betty Brant Leeds, longtime supporting character of Spider-Man. He then, Owsley then has a, a, a one-shot written, Spider-Man vs. Wolverine, where they killed Ned Leeds and told Peter David, who was writing Spectacular, to, revi- to reveal Hobgoblin as the foreigner. It was too late to undo Leeds' death, so because the foreigner was a dumb idea. 
And so they just had it posthumously say, oh, yeah, by the way, Ned Leeds was always Hobgoblin. <laughs> Stern comes back to the character in 1997. Livid. He writes the three. What did you guys do to my character? It's called Spider Man Lives, or excuse me, Spider Man Hobgoblin Lives. Roger Kingsley is now the original Hobgoblin. He had brainwashed Leeds in the fit and taken the fall for him. They killed off Mackendale, and then they bring back Kingsley. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, again, and I hate to do this. So for a long time, like we said, this character was a character who would just appear out of nowhere with, with unknown motivations, wreak havoc on Spider-Man's life, and get out. Mm-hmm. Usually with a lot of money. He, he was one of those villains who won a lot. Yeah. No matter who was under the mask. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they've done a great job after Stern's um, Hobgoblin Lives miniseries. They've done a tremendous job of weaving it in and making it all make sense. Another thing I always like tip my cap towards Marvel before, they don't ignore their history because this doesn't fit. They make it fit. Right. Make it work. They retcon. They don't even retcon. They expand on Roderick Kingsley's origin as a fashion designer to be someone who just loves making money and loves making deals. Mm-hmm. Roderick Kingsley in Stern's miniseries is revealed to be pretty much the franchisee of crime. He'll take a, a moniker, develop it in an area, and then sell it to locals. So that's how he comes back to New York and 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 uh, sends his twin brother Daniel to stop Phil Urich from stealing his stash. Urich kills Daniel, which brings Kingsley out of retirement. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, it's, it's, that's, that, and, and, that, and people say, well, it's a complicated. If you need to describe Hobgoblin in a word, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, this is the lead up into the um, those issues with Otto, Otto Octavius taking over um, uh, Peter's body. But it's funny because you have uh, Rod. So at one point, you end up getting two Hobgoblins. You have the original in, in Kingsley, and then you have Yurik. And it's funny seeing them interact with each other. And eventually, uh, um, like, Kingsley is disgusted out of how amateurish, uh, how much of an amateur uh, Yurik is. He's like, dude, he's like, you kept your suit at your apartment? The fuck? Like, you know, you don't, like, you, you have all this stuff, you have ability to do, but he's like, you know what, though? Heart, you know what, kid, though? You got a heart. So what we're going to do is, you can, you can keep the Hobgoblin suit and everything like this. You gotta give me a cut though. But say for a price. For a price, you're gonna cut me in on everything you do, and you realize that Kingsley literally is franchising off villains, <laughs> and you're like, this could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then you get the whole uh, Goblin King st- stuff with the Green Goblin and things like that. Like it's the Hobgoblin. Like I said, I I, I need to go back and read more. Hobgoblin story. So I'm like, I think that um, this character is more interesting than I gave credit for. Yeah, it feels like a the a dime store version of Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Cause you look at him like he literally stole Green Goblin gear and dyed it a different color. Mm-hmm. But then you realize just how separate and how separate his legacy is from Green Goblin's. It's separate. It's separate legacy. Separate motivations. Um, in a way, because he's more mentally stable most times. It's. It's a business for him. Yeah. And the other ones, boss the wall crazy. Yeah, and it's in that it's personal, you know? Yes. When it's not, when it's, when it's just business, you can do things like, like at one point, they, um, like, 
Kingsley and and York are fighting each other, and they go, "All right, truce. Let's go and kill. Let's go kill Spider Man. Like <laughs> let's, let's let's call it a truce right now. We'll kill each other later. But uh, right now we got to do this thing and get the, get that uh, that got Goblin key so we can get access to um uh uh, uh Norman Osborn's um uh, uh later and get 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 more goblins Goblin gear and stuff like that. So it's like. Yeah, it's like to them it's a business, and in a way, sometimes when it's more business than than personal, that person can be more dangerous to you because they can do things like "fuck this, I'm out," <laughs> you know, which means they can come back later on to uh to, to haunt you. So I was very um like a lot, I was very very surprised and shocked by uh by that, and I gotta I gotta read more Hobgoblin, but yeah, I'm reading a lot of him in some of the recent stuff, and he's also in the Superior Spider Man. And things like that, and um, yeah, not bad, not bad. No, definitely not bad. Um, yeah, so read some. I'll put some of the, the earlier Hobgoblin stuff in there. But like, I just thought it was interesting. This is one of those characters that they just did not reveal who he was. <laughs> they kept forgetting to. Mm-hmm. Well, they just kept kicking the can down the road, and eventually, you're like, you got to bring in the creator to fix it all. Mm-hmm. Because Ned Leeds didn't make any damn sense. Oh, I'm still mad about that. Mm-hmm. But hey, like you said, um, Marvel doesn't run from their history, and they did it. Right, and they weren't they scared of the fact that, that these editorial fuck ups and, and and backbiting caused this problem. Mm-hmm. They didn't say new universe only one hobgoblin. They said no, 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 we can make it work, and they did. All right. Uh, next one we got in here, uh, Jackal. First appearance, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man one one twenty nine, which is also the first appearance of uh, the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Which we learned uh, he's actually using the Punisher to uh, go after. Uh, Spider-Man. Real name is Miles Warren. He's a former biological te- uh, biology teacher of Gwen and Peter. He blames Spider-Man for Gwen's death. Uh, this is also the guy, if you want to blame people or you, you know, for cloning Spider-Man, this is your man. This is another character where it's things that happen for Spider-Man begat bigger problems. Mm-hmm. Gwen died. Wait, her professor was secretly in love with her and he's a crazy person who makes clones? Of course he is. <laughs> right. We'll see the next few characters that we do to close this thing out with. Because certain... Oh, this suit's evil and trying to take off my mind? Better get rid of it. Oh, no, wait. That's also created a much larger problem. Right. Much larger problem. <laughs> so, for all the things... And people will say that, 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 that clone, the clone saga should be enough to put the jack on the list. I say the nay. As a fan of both the original... Clone Saga from the 60s and the revisiting in the 90s. I must say, you read that first Clone Saga, the first clone issue. So what happened was in the 60s, Jackal, like you said, hated Spider-Man for figure, for killing Gwen. He then starts cloning Gwen and cloning people, including Spider-Man. Spider-Man fights his own clone. It ends in a smokestack. And one Spider-Man comes out and swings home. You're never told specifically that that's our Spider-Man. <laughs> And someone telling a story in the 90s said that with that nugget, I can make a story. And then it was successful. And then it got too successful because it got out of hand. And then all the editors got a hold of it and everyone had a spider book. And it was sad. But the kernel of it, the core of it, the jackal just sucks. Mm -hmm. And he loves to torment Peter. And he's obsessed with both Peter and Gwen and the whole thing. And it's gross and weird. And it's just been... And he's coming back again. <laughs> now, spoilers for people who aren't reading Spider-Man books, but they're bringing back the Jackal. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, again, because this is another one of those characters that knows who Peter Parker is. Like this is one of those things where Spider Man has a lot. Actually, has a more than you would think. More villains than know his, who he really is. Fewer posts, one more day. True. True. I forgot about that. But Jackal does know. Yeah. Well, when you're cloning somebody and they come you out, you tend to a, figure these things out. Yeah, and you and, and the, the clone comes out and it's fucking your former fucking student. Yeah, you might know. You know, it might be a problem. So. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. He created all the spider clones. If you hate Ben Riley, you and I have to have a long talk, but <laughs> yes, this is his fault. If you hate Kane, again, long talk, this is his fault. If you hate Spider Side, you're 100% right. That was a stupid clone. It's his fault. Um, if you hated the multi chromium covers in the 90s, that wasn't his fault, but I think you can put the blame on it. Well, well, hey, you know, this is blame Jackal. Yeah, blame Jackal. Honestly, like, and that's kind of how it's become for Peter. Like, when things are going weird in his life, you're like, ugh. Yeah, this is going to be this is gonna be a problem. But he sees the world as a petri dish. He sees the world as his own personal science experiment. Uh, Spider Island, which recently happened, was mostly his fault. And he's, he makes clones that don't last. Yeah. Uh, Kane was his first one, first attempt. There's a... In, in, um... Grim Hunt, there's a good ending to Kane's story, you know, a little bit with with Kane kind of sacrificing himself and finally kind of trying to live up to, you know, the legacy of being, you know, a Peter Parker clone. So um, there's some good stuff in there with that. Um, anything else we want to say on Jack before we get to these these final three? He's just an asshole. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> God, he's an asshole. All right, so uh, the final thing we got in here. Let's start with this first one here. Should we do Carnage? Like, I know chronologically we should do Carnage second, but... Let's do Carnage now, because, I, yeah, it was fine. Okay. Do Carnage. Um, Cletus Cassidy. Uh, first appearance, Amazing Spider-Man 361. Um, what's some good reads for him? I, you know, for me, it wasn't even the reads. I played the Maximum Carnage video game. say Maximum Carnage. The Maximum Carnage video game. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you didn't play it, you weren't a child in the 90s. I don't know, yeah, I don't know you. I this game was the jam. That was that was the shit, y'all. <laughs> that was my shit. I played the fuck out of Maximum Carnage. And this is for people who say that comic villains aren't too taken seriously or that, you know, oh, yeah, he's got important stories, but it's hard to take a guy with four metal arms seriously, which is stupid. Cletus Cassidy was a serial killer before he got the symbiote. Right. Like, Cletus Cassidy is Buffalo Bill. Like, he's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. A psychopath who's only here to kill people. Mm-hmm. And then you gave him a shape-shifting, super durable, super strong, um, replicating suit. What could possibly and, go wrong? Aside from everything. <laughs> um, he burned down a funeral home, like, as a kid. He, 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 it's amazing. He, does, he was serving 11 consecutive prison terms. <laughs> When he was Eddie Brock's cellmate, he was waiting for a parole hearing, and Eddie Brock busted out using the symbiote, and the symbiote left behind an offspring, and that offspring became Carnage, who literally... This is why you use protection, guys. When I tell you that he's crazy, his first act as a supervillain was starting to kill people, and they said, why? They asked him why he killed this one person. He said, it was the dumbest name I could find in the phone book. (laughs) That was it. He's stronger because... The way simians work, they're empowered by your your mental focus and your delusions. Him being a full blown psychopath, he's stronger than Venom and Spider Man. Mm-hmm. 
forces Venom and Spider-Man to team up. Against him. Yeah. It's when I tell you that Carnage is just a horror movie. He is. We got a great, a great crossover and video game of the Maximum Carnage. Mm-hmm. But even the video game didn't really let you, because it was made for kids, you didn't get to touch on what Carnage really was. He's just a serial killer with superpowers. Have you read the new, um, there's a new Carnage book, right? There's a new Carnage book. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Um, but I want to because they're changing him. And we're not going to talk about some new changes. I don't know exactly how they're going to change it. I know what some of the things they're doing. They're adding a, a supernatural element to it. Hmm. But I haven't read that yet, so I don't want to speak to it. The semi-automatic costume lets him lift up to 80 pounds. He's fast. He's strong. He, he's, got, he's got... He's Spider-Man, but if Spider-Man could turn his his arms and legs into bladed weapons and throw them at people, and, and if, to do so. And if Spider-Man was crazy. Also that. And a psychopath. All, you know, that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's... You want your serial killer, you want your Joker analog who kills are measured in dozens, it's carnage. The rest of the people on this list, generally, they're out for something. Maybe they hate Spider-Man, maybe they focus on one thing. The Rhino is clearly unhinged after everything that's happened to him. They're all a little bit crazy. Venom's the one who, when he doesn't have a symbiote, would paint himself in red blood and call himself carnage still. Well, and it's also the whole thing with Maximum Carnage where if he busts out other villains and they don't even fuck with him. They're just there because, oh, well, fuck it, we're here for streaks, so we'll... It's like around, but we don't even like this motherfucker. He's nuts. Like, right. You know, it's like, it's literally, it's the Joker analog. It's like, nobody else really fucks with the Joker like that either. Right. You can't, they leave the Joker out of their, out of team ups. Cause they, they leave Carnage out of team ups. Mm-hmm. Like nobody goes, Hey, you're going to form a new sitting center for six. Let's ask Carnage. If he wants to join. Oh no. You know what? Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Carnage. He, <laughs> he might, not right. He might kill us all. <laughs> I ain't really trying to have, I don't want those problems. That's Carnage. That's Carnage. He's mm-hmm. oh, Absolutely. And I wish, you know, I know people are going to say, well, you do... there's not much to say about Carnage. He's a crazy person who yeah. kills people. Yeah. I mean, you know what you're getting with him. Yeah. And I think every you, every superhero, every you, you need at least one of those, right? You need one of those villains that is just crazy. That you see the name on next week's solicits, you know it's just going to be a damn yeah. bloodbath. Mm-hmm. We're just, okay, we're going to. That we're doing now? We're gonna we're just gonna kill everybody? Okay. That's all right. That's hey, not my book. Mm-hmm. hmm Alright, back to it. Yeah, um you you need that character though. You need that one character that's just it's it, 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 i feel like it kinda gives writers a, a, a break. You don't you don't have to go, you don't have to think too hard about it. It's like, oh, okay, we're doing cars this week. Alright, we're just gonna kill everybody, right? Or have them try to kill everybody. Alright. Right. Seems easy. Um so now we'll go back to the beginning before we get to Carnage. Venom. Okay, Spider-Man goes to space. Spider-Man rips his costume. Spider-Man finds a machine that says he develops costumes. Spider-Man gets a new costume. New costume. And the way they did this, by the way, so what happened was Secret Wars happened in a year that they spent on this battle world. But if you're reading the books on a monthly basis, they didn't show you the year. So what happened was, one week you're reading Spider-Man in red and blues, the next you're reading him in the black and whites, so you don't know what happened. Masterful storytelling. It feels disjointed, but man, it makes you pick up everything else. It makes you curious about the other stories. It was a great, great ploy by Marvel to, to really kind of advance storylines and make them fill in the gaps later. Oh wait, they just did that with eight months later in their normal gap in the gap right now, didn't they? After Secret Wars, mm. weird. It's almost weird. like it's a thematic almost, sequel. Almost like anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, Spider-Man figures out that this symbiote is 
alive and feeding on him and doesn't want to let him go and wants to bond with him permanently. He goes to the Fantastic Four. They tell him that fire and sonics will hurt the symbiote, will drive it away. Um, and he ends up in a church. He ends up in a church. The bells are ringing. They're driving the suit off. And he thinks he killed it. He was wrong. Always check for the body. Like, this is a fucking rule, man. If there's no body, no death. Like, just. <laughs> so it's it's interesting the way it's told because sometimes it's told that he takes him back to the FF. And it's not the clearest story. But side by side with Spider-Man trying to shake this suit is there's a, a series of murders going around in, in New York. And a young reporter named Eddie Brock thinks he's got an exclusive with the murderer. Mm-hmm. Called himself the Sin Eater. Mm-hmm. Except there wasn't the Sin Eater. It was a copycat. Right. And so this was proven by Spider-Man. Picture provided by Peter Parker. So Eddie Brock is now disgraced. His hatred focused on two points. Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And the suit finds him. And now Spider-Man has a very large, very angry problem. Mm-hmm. What I love, what I loved about like, uh, especially early um, Eddie Brock Venom stories is, uh, no matter what he was doing, Eddie would take the suit off and just start pumping iron like he was fucking like, <laughs> like he was fucking yeah. in the first yo. He's gonna like, I gotta be stronger. I gotta be strong. And it's just like, I'm just like, good God, this is gonna be a problem. And what you love about, um, especially those early Venom appearances. Again, um, Amazing Spider-Man 299, uh, the big one I have, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300, where you just flirt first full appearances, just, Venom is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, there's no easy way for Peter to beat him. Peter beats him, Peter beats him early on by luck. Like in the first one, it's, the, the, the symbiote is still technically, if you will, in love with Peter Parker and wants to come back. So in that way, it tries to leave Eddie Brock and go back to Peter, but it can't fully unbond with with, with, with Eddie. So it's not, and that kind of takes it out. And um, it's just there's no easy way. Like, and um, when he comes, what, what I like the my fa- more favorite stories are um, uh, three fourteen and three seventeen, Made in Spider Man, where he comes back and he's just he comes back and shows up at um, at Peter's house. And he's, he's a horror movie. He's and just like and it's taunting the fuck he's just, out of him. Suspense. It's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing about that you get about Venom, and you don't, you, you wouldn't think about this. He has this weird code of honor and sense of innocence. Innocence, um, like in um, issue three thirty four, uh, Peter tells Brock to stop threatening his aunt May. He's like, stop threatening her. Stop showing up here. Stop, stop threatening her. He goes, sir, you offend me. Her. Mrs. Parker is so innocent. I would never harm her. And he's serious. Right. In 332, um, he's, again, has Spider-Man dead to rights. He has him uh, 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 up in his web, uh, webbing. He's got him done. Uh, He stops. A baby falls into the river. Venom goes and saves the baby. It's just one of those things like, Wait, what's going on here, man? You're 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 literally trying. You're literally scary. You've killed people before. Like when he breaks out of the prison, he kills some of the guards. But he's almost like remorseful for killing an innocent guard. It's like, well, you, it's not really you. You didn't really want this, but I have to do this. Yeah, you got in the way. You got in the way. Um, 
It's just this weird sense of honor with him. Well, part of it is the fact that he carries... So the way the symbiotes have been explained working is that they carry genetic memory from their previous hosts. Mm -hmm. So the sense of honor came from Peter, but it also was warped by Eddie saying that he was an innocent who was ruined by Spider-Man and Peter Parker. He sees them as the ultimate uh, uh, corruptors of the innocent. Because he says that's what happened to him. Mm Because he's crazy. Yeah, so in that, that scene where he's like, uh, like, look, Venom, I'm tired of these threats against Aunt May. If you so much as touch her, sir, you offend me. Miss Parker mm. is so innocent. I would never harm her. You have my word. He reaches out his hand to shake on it, yo. Yeah, he's dead ass serious. Mm-hmm. Just it's crazy. Um, uh, This is when he finds out that he... um. He finds out where Peter is, and he finds out that um, he goes. Uh, that doesn't explain why you didn't attack me uh, on my spot. Uh, didn't you didn't attack make me reveal my spider powers in front of everyone? And the battle in uh, a, a battle on the suburbs might hurt innocent people. I like to avoid that when possible. As for your beloved secret identity, well, I want you for myself. If your dual identity were publicly known, there'd be too many uh, too much competition for your scalp. I'd have no intention of revealing your secrets as long as you play by the rules. That's the other thing, too. So what makes Venom so dangerous to um, Spider-Man is uh, that spider sense don't work. At all. It is rendered uh, pointless against Venom. So, Which means he – like so even when you see Spider-Man get tagged, mm-hmm. like in a fight, it's because he, something else is happening or he couldn't move quick enough. He gets tagged against Venom because there's no warning. Right. He's just getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes Venom so dangerous mm-hmm. and scary. And it's just, it's, you know, the only, again, this is another one of those things that, lucky for for, for Peter, Eddie ain't that smart. Right. Because if Eddie was smart, we were going to talk about this um, when um, Scorpion got the uh, symbiote. I didn't read those. Right. Um, well, what happened is Eddie, he goes through a lot. And he kind of decides that he needs to, to, to give away the symbiote, to get rid of the symbiote, to, to prove himself, to, to show that he's a better person. Because you have to understand, like, when he was Venom, it was a one-track mind on the spider. Like you said, it, he, he literally was... Was was uh, stalking M- MJ and oh man, so Venom figures out Eddie figures out that he has cancer, and the only thing keeping him alive was the symbiote. But the symbiote sees him as wrong or broken, unusable anymore. Eddie has a spiritual awakening and sells the symbiote to a gang lord named I wanna, I'm looking this up. Don Fortuna, for, Fortuna, for not Fortunato, it doesn't matter. He gave the symbiote to his son so that his son would be something uh, impressive. On his first time using the symbiote to swing, the symbiote abandoned his son midair, and he fell to his death. It then got passed on to Matt Gargan. It became, I mean, still, it was so funny at this point because he's like, I'm the, I'm the new and improved scorpion, but everyone kept calling him Venom. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm still me. It just, I gotta, come on, guys. And it was very, it was a little sad. I'm not gonna lie. 
but it was very interesting, very entertaining. The symbiote then bounces around there, and he stays with Matt Gargan for a while. He uh, he makes because we're going from Brock to Venom now, and I want to, and I don't want to muddy it up with the anti-Venom stuff because I didn't really like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Gargan has the symbiote. He is an integral in uh the Dark Reign storyline and being part of the Dark Avengers to the point where uh, during your Avengers when uh, Iron Patriot announces the new Avengers to the world, Peter's looking at the television screen with the rest of the Avengers in uh, <laughs> capsule apartment and says, is that, oh man, or what? They didn't even go get, like, they got a fake Spider-Man, they didn't even get one of the good ones. <laughs> he says, look, is that Venom? No, it's the idiot Scorpion, it's Matt Gargan. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you mean? It's like, look, it's stupid, but he's got the suit now. It doesn't matter. An idiot in that suit is still an idiot. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hundred percent true, hundred percent funny. And eventually, um, after a gang war, the the symbiote tries to bond with Eddie again. It can't. And <laughs> ends up stuck on Scorpion. So now you kind of realize that. He doesn't want to, the symbiote doesn't want to do the Scorpion here. I think the symbiote figured out he was a loser too, <laughs> which is amazing to me. Just such a great, great moment. Um, let me find out. I want to, I want to make sure I get when the spider, when the, when the symbiote leaves. Okay. So the symbiote uh, was taken away from him when they, after the dark Avengers were arrested. And when the, I want to make sure I get this right. When Alistair Smythe, who we didn't talk about in this put character corner, but who has created a series of spider slayers comes onto the scene. He busts out um, Gargan, gives him a new and improved spider or uh, scorpion suit. The symbiote is then passed on to, and you'll know this name, kids, Flash Thompson, mm-hmm. who's not just the antagonist in the first 15 minutes of every Spider-Man movie. No, no, no. <laughs> this teenage bully ends up becoming a, a lifelong friend of Peter's who lost his legs fighting overseas in a war. Mm-hmm. The symbiote is taken by the government and given to <laughs> Flash <laughs> to become Agent Venom. Ladies and gentlemen, we've gone from it being the anti-Spider-Man to... An agent of the state. An agent of the state. Who at one point, if you remember, when Spider-Man loses his powers early on fighting Dr. Octopus, Flash poses as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's always worked with Spider-Man, always picked on Parker. Even as he came back, a paraplegic for more, they became friends. But now he can serve his country again as Agent Venom. I'm not going to lie. I mean, not that it's wrong. I, I want them to go back to the anti-Spider-Man. That's fine. I really like Agent Venom. I mean, again, I, I, it's not that it's wrong and bad. It's just like, I, I want more of the evil Venom, you know? I think it's coming, by the way. That'd be good. I, I want that. Things I've read say that it's coming, probably. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. So that's Venom. He's the dark mirror of Spider-Man who's been on a... Uh, uh, they've been trying to redefine and find out in place in the mythos. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're going to go back to the, the old faithful, which is literally with great... It's the definition of with great power was the suit. Mm-hmm. Comes great responsibility. Don't just take it off and hope it's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's... I mean, this is kill an object with, lesson. Kill and why fire. you should listen to Uncle Ben. Kill it with fire. Kill it was fire. Fire, Sonics, whatever. Something. Just make yeah. sure it's dead. It has to die. It has to die. Um, yeah, no. I mean, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the Angel Venom stuff. Just that 
like you said, when you go back and read some of this early Venom story stuff, like just the way he torments and and just rubs it into to Peter, and it just it's it's brutal. Like he just shows he shows up, and Peter's so mad. But then then when when Aunt May comes around the corner or MJ comes around the corner, Brock is just on his best behavior. You know, it's just oh man, it's so good. The trolling that he does is mwah, perfect, <laughs> just perfect. All right. So this is definitely going to be longer than the Batman one. We crossed the Batman Rubicon. We we did, but we are on our last vi- Venom or a villain. We are on number one, which obviously we've mentioned him a couple times here and there, but you knew it had to be this. It was either going to be this or Doctor Octopus, and I think like it, it's across. You, it has to be it has when to you be talk it out. We say that yeah, they're close, but then when you have the conversation, you're like, you know what? It it's has not to close. be. Yeah, it's not close. Norman Osborn. Um. First appearance is The Amazing Spider-Man number 14. Norman Osborn. We'll get into Harry a little bit later, but he is the Green Goblin. And um, best known for, you know, just tormenting and torturing Peter uh, and the death of Gwen Stacy. And um, he's also retroactively responsible for a lot of the clone saga, too. Yep. Um, one of the things is that I read... And this, I thought this did a really good job of nailing the Norman and Peter relationship and why I said it begins with family, ends with family, with, with, with these villains. Um, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, uh, Volume 2, Issues 44 through 47, the, A Death of the Family. Yep. This really just cements the relationship between Norman and Peter. Like, this is literally, you have Norman Osborn at the grave of Harry and he's talking, he's like, it's it's funny, you've been dead all these years and I still haven't worked out how to talk to you. Never did, I suppose. My father used to say, a little darkness never hurt anybody. And I think that it was his way of telling me everything was going to be okay no matter what. I only ever, ever wanted you to understand that, Harry, I tried to be fair with you even though you were so much like your mother in so many ways. And then you went and died of a drug overdose just to spite me. You were always a disappointment to us. Oh man, yeah. Uh, and then you have later on this this series. You have like again, Osborne's put the 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 Green Goblin mask and, and back on and is back to torturing Spider Man. What do you want, Osborne? To renew our acquaintance, acquaintance, of course. You knew this day was coming, Spider Man. Don't deny it. Yes, on my calendar, June tenth. Pick up the dog from the vet. Kick Green Goblin's butt into next week. Ha ha. Oh. Oh, that's priceless. You're still quite the clown, I see. We make quite a pair, don't we? You, the son without a father. Me, the father without a son. Well, Daddy has a joke for you. After all these years we've known each other, this is the best one yet. I can't wait to see your face when you hear the punchline. Um, yeah, it's just... this. It really nails a relationship in, 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 in this book. Um, let's see... Uh, I call the shots on the relationship. I decide me. I say where it begins and where it ends. You're just alone for the ride. Do you understand me, boy? I'm not your boy. Your son, you had a son and he died. That's the only chance you get. Wrong, Spider-Man. Your family, whether you like it or not, and in good old Osborne tradition, I'm inviting you to a reunion. Yeah. He's so evil. (laughs) He's evil as shit. Evil as shit. Um, was it Flash Thompson? He ends up in this series. He ends up getting drunk, 
and have him crash into and gets him into a coma. It's just he's yeah. fucking he's fucking nuts. Here's the thing. There, there's one story that that's just so good that really nails it. So he he invites he tells Spider Man to come over uh, to his hideout and stuff like that, and he's playing with dolls. And it's a Green Goblin doll. It's a Spider Man doll. And then there's a doll sitting on a couple of boxes higher up that looks like Gwen Stacy. Come on. I want to go bungee jumping. Come back. It's not safe up there on the bridge. Oh, don't worry. Don't you worry, little old me. I just know I'm safe when I'm around you, you uh, you big green hunk of goblin love. Oh, darling, isn't it wonderful? Just the two of us? Not if I have anything to say about it. Oh, now. Oh, no. Look, everyone. It's Spider-Man. And while he's playing with these, these dolls, Spider-Man has come up behind him, and he's getting pissed. Which was the goal. <laughs> right. Like, he's doing this to antagonize Spider-Man. Right. And it's just... But here's the thing that gets it. So, in, in this story, later, earlier on, you have um, Peter talking to Aunt May about this, this dream he's having. Um, every night I go to bed wondering, wondering whether or not I'm going to dream. I feel like it's tearing me apart, you know? I mean, one moment, life's a honeymoon, and the next, your wife is in California, and the stars is Aunt May talking. I know the feeling, dear. Uh, don't let these wrinkles fool you, Peter. Every line on my face is a lesson learned, and most of these lessons have been proven to be the same one. If this dream of, your, of yours is troubling, you need to talk. If not to me, then pro- perhaps one of your friends, maybe even professional. Peter, with tears in the eyes, go, I can't, Aunt May. I just can't. There's only one person in the world who'd understand, and I can't reach him. You later find out in the series that one person is Norman Osborn. And you have, um, he tells him, I'm ha- I keep having the dream. And you, this is after they've, they've, they've beaten each other senseless. senseless. They had a joke. I'm going to read the joke later on. Um, and they're sitting next to each other. And uh, what kind of, uh, Osborne says, what kind of dream, Peter? The same one over and over. I don't know what it means. There's no one I can confide in. No one but you. You're the only person who can possibly understand. I dream that I'm coming across the city as Spider-Man. I look up and I see a plane coming down the bil- over the building tops. I know, I just know that my wife, Mary Jane, is on that plane. I hear the sound of machinery, the rumble of the engine, and then there's a, uh, the sound of an ex- rushing wind, an explosion. I'm rushing towards it, but I can't get there in time. I, I come across the wreckage. I'm screaming, desperate to find her, but I can't. I think I'm, I see her laying on the ground up ahead. I go towards her, and when I get there, I always find Gwen. Like, it's just, like, they share this bond over that, that death. And, um, yeah, I mean, th- it, this was a, reading, reading that, the death, the, a death of the family, that Peter Parker Spider-Man, oh, that was, yeah, that's another emotional book, man. It gets well, you. Well, uh, Spider-Man Blue. Yeah, there you go. Spider-Man Blue puts me, like, I, I'm like, I just, no one talks to me for like two days. I'm just going to be sad in the corner. Thank you very much. And it's true because. You talk about the the weight, and we talk about the 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 the, the presidents that happen in, in the Spider Man books, but how he overcomes them. The lows are low, man. Oh yeah, they're they're there. They're there. I mean, he literally ends this 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 book with the uh, death of the family, just telling Peter, telling um Norman, it's like I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to do this. You being you is 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 punishment enough. I'm not going to take right. you in. I'm not going to do this. Like, and literally, it, it's it, it sticks to him like. Norman actually considers suicide. Um, yeah, because he won't give him what he wants. Right. Which is he wants him to, he wants Peter to become him. And he knows that Peter becoming him means Peter killing him. And Peter right. won't do it. 
they did see our funny moment in this again after beating each other senseless. And you got to think about it. It, it, it. This reminds me so much like the Killing Joke when Batman and, and Joker share that joke with you, right, 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 for right. all the horribleness. Um, when I first started out, I went. This is Norman talking. When I first started off, I wanted to call myself Mister Coffee. Guy, can you imagine how weird that would have been? For the, how weird the last few years would have been if I had done that. Peter and him just look at each other and start laughing. <laughs> Look out, kids. It's Mr. Coffee and his latte of doom. <laughs> so even in this, like, their, their horribleness, they still find this, this bond over laughing over this stupid shit that's going on here. You know? It's just, <sighs> yeah. Um, he's also, you pointed out, he's the main villain in, in technically in Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, before you get there, so what happens is Norman is crazy. And becomes like the writ large. He becomes like Luthor. Mm-hmm. He angles himself to take over the Thunderbolts, which is a team of bad guys on covert operations for the government. And then after the secret invasion, when he positions himself as a hero, he takes over Shield. He becomes the number one security advisor for the government for the world, and he becomes. He's even raids Tony Stark's uh, equipment to become the Iron Patriot. Mm-hmm. Predictably, because, and, and it's so funny is that throughout the entire time Dark Reign's happening, you have characters being like, you know Norman's crazy, it's all going to end soon, right? Right. And like, like Spider-Man, every, every future is like, no, no, I know this, I know it's bad, but I also know it's going to come to an end. Well, how do you know that? Because Norman's off his fucking rocker. Mm-hmm. And like, this can't last. There- and there's a moment in Dark Reign when uh, Spider-Man punches <laughs> Iron Patriot and the mask comes off and he's painted a go- he's painted his face goblin green mm-hmm. and he cut to uh, Wolverine talking to Psychops says, told you. He cuts Johnny Storm talking to Green and says, told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just like, Peter, he's like, God, can we please just lock him away now? We've all proven that he's crazy. I've known he's crazy the whole damn time. Right. Can we just be done with this? Right. You know, I told you this motherfucker was crazy. It's just him screaming in the tornado for like eight months of like, I cannot believe. And, and at one point, Hawkeye goes to try to kill Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man's like, you think I haven't wanted to do that? <laughs> right. You guys are all getting like a tiny taste of what my life is. Right, right. Like, like knowing that you're doing the right thing and the whole world's on its ass. Welcome to Spider-Manville. Yeah, this is, always, this, is, this is also the thing that always gets you with any of these rogue galleries, right? Batman, Spider-Man... And, and, and the Flash, there's always a time when some other hero comes in and is going like, I can handle this. Why didn't you just do this? And the hero just looks at him and goes, don't you think I thought of that? Like, come on. Like when it, um, it's, uh, uh, I think it was like Damien was talking about some, the, the Joker? What are you talking about? This is a clown. What are you? It's like, no, don't underestimate him. Don't do that. Don't, don't say that out loud. Don't don't say that out loud. Don't do don't this. Apologize to the apologize yeah. to the wall. Yeah, I think there's that conversation. We'll find, we'll talk more about it when we do the Flash. When when Batman is talking to um uh to the Flash about his rogue gallery, and he's just like Flash is like, listen, you don't understand. Like this is, it's this, my favorite one. I'm like, yeah. First things first, you touch me because I let you touch me. Right. <laughs> I wanted to make that very clear. Right. <laughs> oh man, like it's just oh man. Yeah, uh, he's fucking he's fucking nuts, um, with or without the serum. Right. Well, and, uh, people will use that serum as an excuse. No, no, no. Norman's just a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And a terrible father. <laughs> a terrible father. You know, we have to mention Harry Osborn because Harry does at some point become uh, the Green Goblin. I think that is uh, the child within the Harry Osborn saga. That's a spectacular Spider-Man 178 through 184 and stuff like that. And then uh, with his, I think he... 
dies in that one in 200. Right. Yes. Um, so you do great book, by the way, 200. Yeah, no, it's, it's an amazing book. Get you more into uh, Harry Osborne as green goblin and, and, and just the legacy of horror that it means to be an Osborne. (laughs) Right. And that's exactly what it is. Uh, and, um, yeah, man, it just, there's a moment in uh, Secret Warriors, I believe, too, right? With um, one that's been off with uh, it's Hawkeye the list. Yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, just... he tries to go kill Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. and it goes really, really poorly for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what you were talking about, um, Superior Spider-Man. The entire time we're focused on it's so funny because they tell the story that shows up Peter Matters and show us Octavius struggling to be Spider-Man, and then you realize that the entire subplot of the goblins gathering mm-hmm. has been happening right under Otto's nose because he doesn't know to look for Norman. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't respect Norman, and the, like it's one of those things that I think I, I, you notice. Like if 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 Peter had been there, Peter would have known noticed that hey something's going on here. Yeah, little things that 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 we as readers notice. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, hey man, maybe you should. Okay, if you say so. Yeah, we're just having a that. bunch of people look like go, uh, like. You know, a goblin gang—that's not a good thing. Like gob- the goblins are like—it's like they're like termites. Like you—you you don't know. Once you have that, you have to exterminate. Like you can't. You don't have a goblin. <laughs> no, you don't. You have goblins. <laughs> you have goblins, and having goblins as a spider is never a good thing. Never good. Uh, yeah. So he comes out to be the real villain in Superior Spider-Man, and you realize that uh, again. This is why Peter Parker has to be Spider-Man. All right. Um. Yeah, man. Like, uh, Norm. Uh, then you get um, Norman also in. Um, I think Norm isn't Norman the first villain that Miles faces. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in uh, was it Spider Man and Ultimate Spider Man? Mm-hmm. Because he's there when Peter gets killed. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's his, his his him in. Ultimate Spider-Man, it's a different type of goblin because it's actually a transformation that goes through. Mm-hmm. But he also, they also tie Spider-Man's origins because it wasn't just a random spider. It was a spider engineered by Osborn. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing about the Ultimate Spider-Man thing. is just like They, they play yeah. up the father-son thing a lot more tightly. Yeah, uh, and basically Osborn and Roxxon and all of them are, like all the spiders come from one place. And this is one thing you know we'll do. Maybe we'll do a character corner on that. Just the we talk about the Bat family a lot and the, and the Flash family. Maybe we should talk about the Spider family, right? Because I, you know, I, that's one thing that also plays up in, in Grim Hunt a lot too, about how they're all connected and it all matters. And Peter is the center. But um, maybe we'll do that at one point. Uh, we'll, we'll do something like that. But uh, hey, back to Norman. Yeah, Osborn is just he is the villain. He yeah, is, just because, one because he's been elevated. To be a, a like you said a Marvel wide threat uh, to everyone, but at the same time, just just even if you look in on the um, on 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 Peter in the Spider Man universe itself, I mean, think about it. He is he is the Joker for for Spider Man. He doesn't they don't play well. Nobody goes. Hey, you know what we should do? Let's bring Green Goblin in on this. Oh no, they did. The government did, and the entire time Peter's like, "It's not going to work." Oh, I mean, I mean, when I say no, I mean none of the villains do. They because they, they can't, they can't trust him. Right? The villains know better. The government's stupid, so I expect the government to do something stupid like that. <laughs> All right? Yeah, of course the government did, um, because the government also sees him as, oh well, he's a smart guy who runs a company and yeah, money. So okay, 
But everybody else is like, no, we don't fuck with Norman Osborn because, you know, Norman's crazy. Except for, like, well, the Hobgoblin kind of, like, it's just, that's kind of just a weird relationship, though. Right. But everybody else is like, no, we're not going to. Let's have a secret. Let's have a Sinister Six with the hop, with, with uh, Green Goblin. Uh, how about not? <laughs> how about not? How about we don't do that? And, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, again, the defining moment is the death of Gwen Stacy. And in that death of the death of the family, death of the family thing, Goblin kind of releases to, to Jay Jonah. That's the one it was. It wasn't Grim Hunt. Jay Jonah, he releases Jay Jonah that uh, uh, he gets um, an expert to say that it was um, Spider-Man who killed um, Gwen Stacy. And that's when Jay is looking at him after everything they've been through. He goes, well, you know what? I'll, I'll write a puff piece that, that exonerates you if you just take the mask off. Right. And Peter's just like, are you fucking kidding me? After everything we've been through. You're still trying to get me to take the mask off. You still don't trust me, but you'll 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 trust and go with a crazy person, and that's just why you know. Again, you begin with Jay Jonah, you end you end with uh, Norman Osborn, and it's just a complete circle. You know, and right. this, you know, and you gotta think about it, again. They introduced him in issue 14 of the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, as we said, not enough credit is given to them. For for this 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 string of villains, like this has become, this is this is a great villain that you have here. That yeah. So well, even even in the Goblin War, when he when he blows up all of Otto's, like he figures out that Otto is 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 taking residence in Peter's head, mm-hmm. and he blows up all of Otto's history. Mm-hmm. It shows me again, like you don't get like how poorly he treats how how he how goblin handles spider-man mm-hmm. the shit he puts peter through knowingly mm-hmm. it's when he twists his focus to someone else you're like oh he is fucked up <laughs> mm-hmm. peter's hands him peter peter just gotten weirdly enough has gotten used to it um but um yeah like i said it's it's just it's me how close they're tied together like like as as crazy as it is, as crazy as, and this is what makes villains so good, and makes villains make their their heroes so good. As crazy as he is, uh, and as much as he hates him, the only person Peter could tell that to talk about the dream with was Norman Osborn. Yeah, and that's just... I, I, th- there's an issue. I want to say, hold on, I, I just opened it up. I don't know which issue number it is, but it's when Otto and Green Goblin are facing down. I forget, you're not the last guy. He could turn a hangnail into an epic tragedy. With you, I have to work a little harder. Consider this a rehearsal. I'll be back when I found someone who can really raise the stakes for our grand finale. You'll go nowhere but the grave. Up ah, and out pop the arms, so predictable. Goblin snaps his fingers. Thank you, this will be a total letdown after all. I was saving that for the climax, but why wait? I can always come up with someone else, something else. I'm not a one-trick pony like you. I mean, really. Metal arms again, and based on your own designs... So pathetically easy to hijack for a real genius. See you for the final act in case you survive. If you survive this one, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so far ahead, and that should give you better. And it gives auto appreciation. Like, he's been dealing with this asshole for years mm-hmm. and doing it well. Mm-hmm. And I can't. And, and I can't not have my own arms attack me. Mm hmm. <laughs> mm hmm. The same. Norman Osborne, folks. This motherfucker is bad. 
All right. Um, two hours and forty-eight minutes. Is <laughs> <Was> that bad? <laughs> hey, I'll put it this way. You know what? The Flash one probably won't be that long, only because we already did uh, Wally West. So maybe. Right. So that'd be the interesting thing. So when we do the Flash, let's talk about this now. We'll talk about it on air. Talk it out. Do the Flash. Are, are, are what are we doing? Are we? We're doing, doing the, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the, we're doing all the rogues. We're doing Wally, Barry, rogues. And I think the back half of it can be comparing the three rogues hours. All right. Let's do it then. All right. All right. Uh, that'll probably be in August sometime, guys. We're, we're done for this month. Uh, we, we ah, got you done. Two. Done with these for this month. Oh, done with these. All right. Let's not go too far. <laughs> I will be in San Diego Comic Con getting some more stuff, hopefully, some more interviews and things like that. And then we'll come back with some more. We'll come back with a Super Tuesday. Maybe we'll come back with a Super Tuesday and I'll, I'll recap some stuff from. Uh, from San Diego Comic Con, we'll do some other stuff. It'll be fun. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Again, we did all of the super. Listen, Debo, you said, "Oh no, it won't be that long. We might be able to do it in, in an hour and a half, two hours." Yeah, okay, almost. I was time. wrong. I'll be wrong. It's yeah. fun. Hey, it's listen, fun. Uh, that's what happens when you get to get these rogue galleries. That's why it's important, man. So, um, guys, thank you guys very much for listening, Debo. Again, thank you for joining me. And guys, until next time, we are out of here. Peace. <laughs>